are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh it ah. took a minute. It took a minute. Ah. It took a minute. Sometimes right, it takes fine. a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes All it right. takes a minute. Oh, who, what am I, who am I kidding? Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> Lady and gentlemen. <laughs> Lady and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look. I can promise you I won't last that long. It'll be fine. Sorry. You know, it's been a minute. <laughs> Selling you know, suits. You know how I go. You know, she tries to charge for an hour and I'm trying to, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see how much three and a half minutes costs. <laughs> Well, let's see. An hour is a hundred. So, what's sixty divided by a hundred? Oh, can I can I just can I just take that much time? <laughs> I said three and a half minutes, just in case she wanted to charge me for the small talk. You know. Uh, now, in Vinny's case, we're talking small. See, that's the difference. You know what I mean? Like, there's small talk, and then there's just small, <laughs> and then there's talking small. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh man. So anyway, we welcome. Are, what, one minute into the episode, and we've already made a, a Vinny joke. <laughs> well. What else is there to talk about? I mean, let's be completely fair. We have very little to talk about on this show. Vinny has a small pecker. Uh, I like boobs. That's I, pretty much the show. I, I mean, did want to. Oh, go ahead. I, no, I no, gonna, I was going to say that's pretty much it. That's that's the whole. That's our whole act, folks. I did want to say. Um, so I. I went into our Instagram the other day, and... I, I want to talk about this, too, so continue. So I went into our Instagram the other day, and I found out that literally for about a year, we've been getting messages that I, for some reason, have not been getting. So Instagram changed a bunch of their stuff. Even recently, like, I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to air our dirty laundry on, uh, on, on here, but I can no longer post from Instagram to Facebook for our account page because the account was started under Duff's, like, actual... Yeah, account I so i can't yeah. like get in there i can no longer like cross post so i don't know how to do it i can't figure it out but either way um so i went in there and i found like a dozen messages of people being like hey i love your podcast and, and like stuff like that and i literally am going back and i'm like wow this was sent in like april of last year and for some reason i don't know why some people can just message us and some people like it goes into like this this full like like the 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 you know requested message folder um, so if you're listening and you actually have stuck with us this long, I apologize. Um, I, I apologize if we did not get back to you. If you sent us a message, uh, it was totally not us ignoring you. It was literally that I did not know that. It, look, I, I'm not the savviest social media person. I was at one point, but Hey, you know, like I just don't care anymore. Um, so if you send us a message and we never responded to you, I apologize. We are not ignoring you. We honestly just didn't see the message. So I tried to catch up, but I honestly felt bad replying to people who sent us a message like six months ago being like, hey, man, thanks, because they probably aren't listening anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've probably chased them away a long <laughs> time ago. They probably were chased away. <laughs> can, can, we be, can we be entirely honest, though? Not replying to them was probably the least offensive thing <laughs> we yeah. did to them. That's, that's true. <laughs> Duff would have been well, like, they, Duff would have been listen. like, "Hey, thanks for listening." By the way, you got any pictures of your old lady you want to send me? <laughs> well, I take that uh, as a compliment. You know, I mean, 
What, 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 that's a great compliment. You would think, right? Like it's like, hey, hey, how are you? Yeah, your old, your old lady. She, oh, you know, I want to, I, I want to see her naked. You know? hey, who, I mean, who, a, who, who's the old lady? That's my old lady. That's my old lady. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of messages, um, so so the next one's actually actually kind of worth mentioning. We we did recently. I don't even know if it was a message from. I don't know if this was a new message or an old one, but anyway, it's a new one. It was only like right. from like Tuesday. Well, anyway, so on, whatever. Sometime this week, uh, we did. We got a, we got a message from someone, and uh, and I, dude, I never I never see this stuff, man. I don't. I just never see it. Well, apparently, uh, I don't either. <laughs> well, I really don't see it. And uh, the the message was something like, you know, love your show. The hosts are sexy. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, no, it was like I love no. the show or whatever. I, maybe they didn't say that, but they complimented the show in some way. Probably said it. It's not terrible or whatever. Probably um, it's tolerable. <laughs> it's tolerable. I can tolerate your filth. Um, but the, the 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 overall comment was, if you could please get to the topic a little bit faster, because they have to fast forward. Now, first of all, as a fan of, well, um, dirty websites, right? <laughs> um, like, I mean, let, let's be fair, right? So. You're cruising around on whatever you're on the hub or wherever you are, right? You're doing your you're doing your thing, right? You're 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 you you're sitting there. You've got a beer. You're trying to have a wank, and you go on to your favorite website of filth, right? And you know you know what I mean. Like this this happens to everyone. You see the the caption is like you know loud loudest moaning ever heard or whatever whatever or, you know and you're like oh my god i can't wait to watch that and you got to watch like 17 minutes of completely unrelated material of them pretending <laughs> pretending like they actually pick somebody up off the street and it's not like yeah. you know a paid gig <laughs> or it'll be or it'll be like you know hottest redhead ever and like it's a you're going well is there oh oh the redhead shows up 27 minutes in like i get it right like, it's the worst it's the absolute worst. I, I'm aware. Like seriously, you got beer in one hand, your other hand's ready to go, and you just you, you're stuck with you're stuck with. So I un and Duff's so looking down, saying, "Scream if you want, ain't no one gonna hear you. <laughs> ain't no one gonna hear you." <laughs> so I mean, I, I I get it. You know, I get that. Um, not that I okay. Let me let me draw let me draw one draw one line. I'm in no way insinuating that anyone who messaged us means they're trying to have a wank during our show that's not what i mean uh i mean no, if any if anything we'd have the opposite effect <laughs> on everyone yeah. i will <laughs> I, I will never wank again after listening you, to the show <laughs> you, you need to go to a counselor <laughs> oh man yeah we we <laughs> actually though for anybody who's been around with us long enough um, by long, I mean the opposite of Vinny's Pecker. Uh, if you, anybody who's been around with us long enough, you might remember that on season one of the show, which are the episodes that no longer exist, on season one of the show, we did do an entire episode of heavy metal songs for erectile dysfunction commercials. We did that. We did that. That was I, I forgot we did that. That was a funny episode. I haven't yeah, thought it about it. actually went over really time. well. It was pretty funny. It did, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh man, it's you know, five minutes alone. What about like I, th I think my favorite one was "Don't know what you got till it's gone." <laughs> right. It's like <laughs> so. The, oh. These were songs like you know they weren't about ED. They were like songs that 
you know, the titles Some, could be yeah. the, the titles could be used in a commercial or something for Edie. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. Or, you know, like Black Label <laughs> Society lost my better half. You know, whatever. <laughs> what, what, whatever. We had we, we had this. We had a, We should do that again sometime. That was a fun episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Come on, dude. The best was Pantera's I'm Broken. That one. <laughs> I'm oh, broken. <laughs> um, but. uh uh, <laughs> that was a good episode. I remember that. Uh, man, some of those episodes were great, though, like songs for being fat, you know, whatever. But um, point being, all joking aside, one thing I will say about this show is in the early show, in the season one, for a long, long time, we actually spent way too much effort coming up with show topics. And we would come up with a topic, and then we would come up with stuff for it, and then we'd, we'd talk it. The show was never scripted, but we would have a topic, and we would come up with, like, lists of things for the topic. One thing about now, if you look at the episode title, um, and I don't listen to our show because <laughs> I've got taste. Um, let me see. Like, for example, let me look at some recent episodes of our show, and maybe I can give you a better example of what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm trying to pull. I don't remember. Like, uh, Shock Rock was an episode. Rhythm Guitarist was an episode. Um, or, con or, let's see, Festival Lineups, Set Lists. A lot of those episodes, to be honest... The reason we don't get to the topic for a long time is because that topic wasn't planned. Meaning, well, so, I mean, not all the time, but there's a lot of episodes where we aren't planning on having that topic. The topic well, of the episode is titled, you know, uh, songs for festivals or whatever. And that wasn't even what we were planning on. That just happened. And two hours of the episode ends up being about that. So we say, well, that's the show topic. So in fairness, sometimes it's not that we're not getting to the topic. It's that what we get to ends up being the topic. Well, it's also it's also the fact that, you know, when we used to have extremely structured shows, it was actually less fun for us. And when we started doing uh, um, shows that were a little bit more free flow and just us BSing, it, we actually got a lot of feedback saying they, that people preferred it. Um, because it, it was less us sounding like we were hosting a talk show or, right. or tonight we're going to be discussing blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was more of like, we had chance to throw more jokes in there, tell more funny stories. And look, I know it's not for everybody. And, and I, I do appreciate everybody listening. We're not, we're not, I'm not taking a crap on that comment. I do appreciate the feedback and I totally understand, you know, you're right. We do tend to ramble at times like right now. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like one of those things where if we were to just come on and say, okay, this is this week's show topic, go. Like if we were to set, structure it like that, you know, Lars Ulrich here, go. Um, we, we, half the people would be like, oh man, I miss when you guys used to tell funny stories and, and you know, and you guys would just like goof around and, and just like tell jokes. And then, and then, so we do that. And then people are like, well, I, you know, these, we actually had somebody say to us one time, no one cares about your stupid stories. I just want to hear your top five or something like that. And, and we, and when we, when we like, you know, commented on that, everybody actually came back to us and they're like, well, that, I like, I, that's why I don't listen for the top five. I listen for the stupid stories and the jokes. So it's like, it's one of those well, things where we're, we're never going to make everybody happy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, 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 the difference with a podcast and I don't know, 
uh, one of those suck ass metal magazines, like Loudwire, right? Loudwire will say, first of all, we always make the distinction that they'll say something's the best and we'll just say it's our favorite. But you click on the link to see their list. The thing about it is, it's a list that you're reading. <laughs> Could you imagine? Okay, so the, and, and by the way, for the for the for the for the person who wrote in, I am not. This is not about you. Like I appreciate your comment and I understand what you're saying. Um, so I, I don't want the, that person to think that I'm. Uh, you know, we're not taking a crap on you, man. No, 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 we're not taking a crap on you. I totally understand. That's why I made the. That's why I made the point of uh, you know when you're trying to watch, you know if you're if you're surfing the hub or whatever. Um, but the thing that people have to realize though, is in a podcast, if this episode is going to be our favorite songs about horror movies and the, it's going to be the list, then this would be the episode. Hi, you're listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover. Here's our top 10. Thank you. We would just read the list and it would be an 18 second, you know, long episode. Reason I say that is it's just the difference of something where like you're just writing down a list or when you're um having having the conversation. Yeah. So yes, I do agree that the, you know, the first half an hour of the show, maybe 10 minutes, maybe an hour. It depends on the episode. Yeah, it depends on the episode. Sometimes it does get take a little bit longer to get started. So if 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 that's the perspective of like, okay, stop, you know, stop screwing around for 45 minutes, um, it's... You're probably right. <laughs> you are probably right. In, in, <clears throat> in that regard, you are probably right. In that regard, I, I, I will say this. In that regard... Anybody who is new to the show would probably agree with you. Anybody who's been with the show for a while would probably tell you it's the first 45 minutes of the show or whatever, or the first half an hour of the show, that they like the most. And, and the only reason is, and, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's simply in a lot of ways... The beginning of the show, like right now, when we haven't even got to the topic yet or whatever, and we're just kind of telling stories, in a lot of ways, number one, that's the part of the show that is uniquely ours, because it's just the two of us, and also, it's the only part of the show that you can expect us to at least still be sober, <laughs> or at least probably, meaning, you know, we don't get drunk and then start the show and sober up as it goes. We get progressively drunker as the show goes. So we're at least generally a little more coherent at the beginning. Um, I mean, hey, I do appreciate that someone listens to the second half of the show because I'm, I'm pretty convinced that, you know, no one listens to the second half of the show. They, 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 they listen for about a half an hour and they're like, all right, ah, you know, well, I'm spent. <laughs> I'll go get you a towel <laughs> for all those duck job fans out there. Uh, if you don't know what duck job is, you totally missed out on the 90s because it was the greatest thing ever. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, just the point. I understand. We totally get it. Just realize that, number one, a lot of times we don't have topics lined up 
they are a result of the banter. So the banter at the beginning oftentimes is what gets us going in a topic. Somehow we end up talking about the topic and that becomes the topic. Um, and also the other half is after doing and, – and again, if you're new to the show, you see that there's only – I think this is the 48th episode. It's because you are not seeing the first 250 episodes. So realizing that while you're looking at a show that only has close to 50 episodes, you have to realize the show has actually close to like 300 episodes. Yes, the first 250 are pulled down, and they will never surface again for personal – we did that. Our show was not canceled. We pulled the first 250 episodes down, um, and they were not coming back up. But that's a, that's the other thing, too. Like, it's just it's one of those – this is a close to six-year-old show – Despite the fact that it doesn't look like it, it only looks like a year-old show if you're new to it. But realize this is like a five- or six-year-old show. And a long time ago, we tried not to do that. In the beginning of the show, we tried to stay on topic. And the more we let it just be a little more loose. I mean, look, I know I know everyone out there is like, I want a first-timer, but let's be fair. This is not a show of two guys who are looking for first-timers. Well, I can't speak for Rex, but I can say me. Like, like when I'm going to a bar, I'm not looking for I'm not looking for the inexperienced. I want the loose. You know what I mean? So I, I think that most of our listeners are also scumbags who also want it loose, and um, that's what I'm getting at. So anyway, just so you know, you are not alone in thinking that. Probably lots of people have thought that. And lots of people have told us that. It's just kind of the nature of the way this show has gone, the development of the show over time. It is not the same show that it was. Certainly isn't what the show what it was at episode one, and it certainly isn't what the episode the show was on, on it by episode two hundred. You know, the first episode was boring as crap. By episode two hundred, we were so far off the well, more so me, but we were so far off the rails where we would have a three and a half hour episode that I would just talk about boobies for the first three hours, and at the end we might be oh yeah and metal. I mean seriously, like that it was it it got a little it got a little absurd. Um, we try to balance that in the middle. A little bit now like I don't want the show to be boring you know I don't want it to be dry again we just got done talking about it loose loose good dry bad um <laughs> you know what I mean we don't want it to be dry this is hardly a it's not meant to be informational either um but I do I do understand though like wait uh, that actually you know what Rick, let, let me point this out though there there is one thing somebody mentioned this to me the other day as much as you and I say that our show is about the banter it's about the discussion of whatever, like if we're talking about songs, like it's, it, it, you know, if we're talking about a band, you know, whatever, we're talking about Pantera. The, 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 the show is about our discussion about Pantera. But the difference, I will say this though, I am guilty of forgetting sometimes that people actually do get music recommendations from us too. You know, like, People do actually find out about bands that they never heard of because of the show. And by the way, that's not unique to us. We're all that way. You know, if you have, if you know someone who's into metal, they probably like bands that you've never heard of. I have, I mean, dude, I have listeners, listeners, I have friends that are into metal. You know, I've, I've got a good buddy of mine. He's got a great YouTube channel. And we, we ask each other all, all the time. We're like, dude, have you heard of this band? Like, they're awesome. And he, he just said that to me today. And there was a band he asked me, and I'd never heard of them. Um, so I do sometimes forget that people sometimes do actually look for that sort of thing in the show 
Um, so I try to keep that in mind. Like today, you know, if we, if we ever get around to the topic we might talk about, um, like, hey, whatever the topic that is listed on this episode is, that's the topic. Um, but whether or not that's the one that we had in our head that we were going to talk about, I don't know. We'll find out after it happens. You know, like, when will then be now kind of thing. Uh, soon. Soon. So why don't we, uh, why don't we go on? Yeah, why don't um, we do our picks of the week? Do you have one? Nope. That's my pick of the week. Your turn. All right. So my <laughs> pick of the week <laughs> Look, is... Look, I was traveling for work all week. I was in Chicago. And honestly, I listened to... I listened to like a bunch. I was in an iced earth mood, so I listened to a bunch of iced earth. So if, whatever you want to say, my pick of the week was like was uh, the dark saga or alive in Athens, whatever. I listened to a bunch of them. I'm not. I don't really have a pick of the week. I was traveling. I was working, barely sleeping. Blah. That's my answer. Your turn. So my pick of the week is like th- th- I'm cheating here a little bit, much in the same way when uh, when you picked Wheeler Walker, I mean, but a little bit, maybe a little bit less, but. Um, and, and when, you know, Wheeler Walker was both of our picks one week, but the only reason why I'm saying that is because my pick of the week is more on the punk side of things, but it's, I mean, I would, if I wouldn't necessarily call it straight punk, I would, I would classify it as something more like crossover. They refer to themselves as punk meets deathcore, which or not deathcore metalcore, which I don't see that, but I, I mean, I can't argue with the people who are in the band, but the, the name of the band is called death pill. The name of the album is called death pill. So, um, they are a three-piece, all-female band from Ukraine, and I actually found this album because iTunes recommended it to me. So, for once, for once, iTunes wasn't like, I noticed you listened to Cannibal Corpse, I noticed you listened to a bunch of hardcore punk, I noticed you listened to a bunch of thrash, I bet you'd really like Katy Perry. Or I bet you'd really like what's her name the 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 one who sings about breaking up with people all the time who's like really famous right now and honestly I'm not trying to be cool I really can't remember her name. Taylor Swift I bet you'd really like Taylor Swift that's usually the recommendations I, I get. couldn't tell you what she sounds like I I I I, I remember her for, I think she was on one of the uh, one of, we always talk about how we used to work at Blockbuster I think she was on one of the trailer tapes I couldn't tell you if it was her for sure or if it was somebody. Was she around that long? Oh ago? yeah, she's been around forever. She used to do country, and now she's a pop star. She went from country to pop. Taylor Swift, I think so. Thought she was like young. No, I. She's been around for a while. Um, Dude, I'm gonna flat out tell you, I am not. I, I'm not being that guy that's trying to pretend that I don't know this stuff. I legitimately don't know this stuff. I am aware of who Taylor Swift is. I'm aware of generally what she looks like. I'm aware of the fact that she's famous. And I am... Her first album the way, came just, out in 2006. Yeah, so, so maybe no it was Maybe it wasn't the blockbuster trailer tape, but it was somewhere where she had a song that was out. Whatever. And, Regardless. Point. The point of this is, I am aware of who she is. I think she's getting you know, railed by a football player or something. Probably. I honestly, probably. I don't remember. I, I don't even know. I don't remember if that's... It's one of the pop stars that I keep hearing people talk about, everyone being obsessed with that she's getting, like, you know, slammed by some sports football... I think it's probably a football player. I... I so, you know what I mean? Like, I am casually aware of who some of these people are. I am not telling you I've never heard a Taylor Swift song. I might have heard 10, right. but I don't recall what they are. And if I yeah. did... 
I might even go, oh, I've heard that, but I don't know it's her. And then you might go, oh, it's her. And we'll go, okay, great. And I'm going to forget as I walk away. But either way. You know? So point is, I really don't know. But- I am not, I, I, I am a 40-something-year-old fat guy who listens to metal and I'm just generally not all that concerned yeah. with whether or not I know the difference between Taylor Swift and Lizzo. Either way. I'm aware one is larger than the other. That's pretty much all I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so either way, you know, like for once iTunes, for once iTunes uh, did right. You know, for, for once they actually... Um, you know, they actually recommended me something decent. So, uh, you know, of course, a lot of it sounds like, you know, punk, but there's a couple songs on there. Like, I sent you one because I was like, I really love the riff, and you were, you flat out told me, you're like, you know, and again, this isn't your thing. You're not, like, all of a sudden into this band. But you were even like, yeah, that doesn't sound like punk. That sounds like, you You said it sounds like Swedish death metal well, without the chainsaw guitars. No, well, I mean, legitimately, like, I, and I even told you, I'm like, like, dude, oftentimes you're like, dude, this could be like, you know, like if you took that riff out of this song, it would be metal. And I went, in this case, the song you showed me from this band, I didn't even say take that riff out of the song. I literally just said, if the guitar tone was different, this could be a song by At the Gates. The drums were like that. The guitar riffs were like that. Actually, the heavy vocals reminded me of that. The clean vocals, not so much. Um, but interestingly enough, after I mean, I did look up other music by them, and everything else I found to me was, and again, mind you, not a punk guy, but everything else I heard by them, which is you know maybe five songs, was to me blatantly punk. Like I would not have used any word to describe the other stuff I heard by them other than punk. But the song you showed me, I would not have used the word punk to describe it at all. At all, I mean, at all. I yeah. wouldn't even have said. I wouldn't even have called it crossover. That song, but yet other stuff of theirs is very punk. Yeah. So they're likely just a band that you know uh, blurs. So it's interesting about crossover, though. Sometimes you know, sometimes crossover is the sound of the band is a blend of two sounds. Sometimes it's like some of their songs are really punk, and some of their songs are really metal. Yeah, but I, that's that happens too, yeah. you know. I mean, it's either okay. way, like I mean, either way, like you know, it's the album's really cool. They've got a lot of cool songs. The one that I was talking about. So if you want to hear the song I was, we were just talking about, it's called "Kill the Traitors." Um, this album came out in February, and I didn't know about it until then. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want to say I'm cheating and I'm picking a punk album, you know, again, uh, I, I think this is. Let me put it this way: This is punk that most metalheads would enjoy, in my opinion. So it's not like you know the British punk where they say it like this, and you know, or anything like that. Like, you know, it's it's kind of funny because, uh, and, and I didn't pick it because it's an all female lineup, and um, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I, you know, I, I list this month I've got the new, or you know, in the past few months I've got the new Crypto, I've got the new Nervosa, now I've got this band, and it's all just coincidences, and and um. It's cool because, you know, I remember like when bands like Kitty came out uh, and by the way, in no way, shape or form am I saying that they were a novelty. I'm not saying that I'm not insulting the band, but the record labels push them as a novelty. What I mean by that is 
Kitty wasn't a band who happens to be female. Kitty was an all-female band. Like that's how the record labels marketed them. Um, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not criticizing them in that way. But for right now, the thing I've noticed about Nervosa and Crypta, and this band as well, um, is they're a band. Like I wouldn't have known that. I mean, I mean, aside from the vocals, of course, but I wouldn't have known that this was an all-female band until I looked them up because, of course, like I'm like, well, I, I like this band. I want to know more about them. So it, it's cool that like that kind of stuff's happening, you know, and like it's uh, well, it, it is less it's of a cool novelty that, like, now. We, well, yeah, well, that's what I mean. And, and again, I'm not saying like bands like Drain STH and Kitty were novelties. Not what I'm saying. I, I, they were no, bands. They, they were they were as legit of bands as any way. other band around. But I'm saying record labels would push them not as a band who's female. They would push them as an all female band. Like that was the point. Like it's it's not that they're a good band. It's look, they're all girls and they're playing heavy music. And, and like, the, isn't and, that and weird? Record, isn't that cool? Isn't that neat? and the record label would try to make their first song like. All about being a bat, like you know what I mean. Like their first single had to be "We're Females," blah blah blah, girl power. Like, and I'm, that I mean, I'm making either. what I mean by that is like because that's what the record label wanted. They're like, oh god, if we could just make people realize that this is a girl band, we'll sell an extra six copies. They pushed it. They, they, the record labels would push it. Well, that, that and that's was, what I like. Sucks for artists, and that's what I liked I mean. about Nervosa and Crypta in terms of you know they weren't they weren't. Like it's not like Crypta or Nervosa was standing there on an album wearing bikini tops and and you know like no and, they left that and, to Cinderella you know what I mean like, well, yeah well you know they they weren't <laughs> like wearing bikini tops and everything like Nervosa on their albums they were just wearing clothes the same as like Cannibal Corpse would wear or any thrash band would wear you know like that's what I liked like we, but before like you know they had to you know like kitty for instance and i hate comparing them to kitty i'm only using kitty because to me it's one of the biggest examples of the record labels pushing that like the whole they they basically took them to hot topic and said go nuts but only on the girl side you know like that that's what it felt like to me now i don't know if that and you know as the band evolved you noticed them dropping that and they were just and they became like we're just going to go out and and in jeans and a t-shirt like metallica would in the 80s or like any thrash band would but I kind of feel like the record label and maybe they didn't, maybe it was just them being young or feeling like they needed to do something. I don't know, but they, they, they feel like I felt like, you know, I felt, I feel like there's more pressure for, or there was at least at the time. And maybe there still is in some ways more pressure for female bands to dress up. Meaning, you know, like if you and I were to, to reform our old band and they were to say, we're going to take a band photo, they'd be like, all right, show up wearing a t-shirt like of a band. Because, you know, we talked about this before. You look at the back of an album, you want to know what a band's going to sound like. You look at what shirts the guys on the back are wearing. You know, if you one guy's wearing a creator shirt and one guy's wearing a, a cannibal corpse shirt and one guy's wearing a, a annihilator shirt, you're like, all right, I'm going to like this. If you turn it over and one guy's wearing a, you know, Dave Matthews band shirt and when the other guy's wearing a, a Creed shirt you're like yeah I don't think this is probably for me it might be there's a chance but again I, I feel like the shirts that bands wear in like their band photos is another way of saying hey if you're into this you'll like us you know I feel like that's that sort of thing but I feel like with bands like Kitty they were like again you took them to Hot Topic and they're like pick out any goth dress you want make sure you get the platform boots and the the shirts that show off your midriff and uh, buy a couple dog collars and maybe some spiked bracelets and uh, don't forget the hair dye. You know what I mean? And that's what they were. Then they were like, this is what you're going to wear. You know, 
So versus again, like Dervosa and Krypton. Now Krypta does stage outfits, but admittedly, the band chose that, and Fernanda actually said like I, like they designed their stage outfits. They, they look and but and to be honest with you, they look more like Judas Priest than they do like you know like I said like they were dropped off at Hot Topic with a fifty dollar gift card. Um, but again, the, you know, and, and this band Death Pill, they they look like punks. You know, like they you know punks. You know, crossover people, whatever. But anyways, the whole point I was trying to make with this is it's kind of cool to see again, like, um, and again, this band's in Ukraine. And right now I think all three members are in three different countries because of everything going on over there. Um, so this album, like, I guess was, was barely released. Um, so anyways, I'm glad I found it. I'm going to give, you know, iTunes and Apple music, their kudos. Um, I bought the vinyl. Uh, as soon as I listened to this album, I, I it was it, it, this album is probably going to be on my top ten. Um, it's an album that literally it's it's it could be a dangerous album for me because once I put the thing on, I don't want to turn it off because it's a quick one. It's only twenty three minutes long and it's nine songs, so it's that's I mean, it again. You know, it's it's uh, short, so you're gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for it. It's short. Nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny. Uh, no. Yeah, but I mean, like you, you, can, you set me up, but sometimes it's, it's just boring. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> too easy. You know, let me, let me, because here's the thing, like when our it's own like listeners fishing a barrel with dynamite. The, the problem with the show is, it's not even hard to do anymore, because like any of our listeners, <laughs> they'll do it like, for us. You know, the, uh, the listeners are like, dude, I could do the heavy metal hangover. Here, check this out. See that thing? It's small. Must be Vinny's pecker. That's the show. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, so people send us, they'll seriously, they'll send us a picture. Like someone will be at, a, someone will be at, at Guitar Center and they'll be like, see this guitar pick? Bigger than Vinny's Pecker. Like this, it doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Doesn't matter. Anyway, they're so, eating Skittles and like, bigger than Vinny's Pecker. Like so, it doesn't matter anyways, what it like, is. Yeah, I mean, this this album, like I said, you know, it's a good album. If you like that, if you like crossover punk, if you're into like suicidal tendencies, if you're into like, uh, municipal waste. Um, definitely give it a listen. Uh, I'm not saying you're gonna like it, so you know, don't come back to me saying, "Oh, I hated this thing. I don't like this. I don't like that." Our job here is to recommend stuff. People have sent us recommendations before, and and again, we always, we we always, we never say that sucked. We never say that's terrible. We always say that's just not my thing, and that's okay. Like we all yeah. don't have to like the same thing. The metal scene would be pretty boring if everybody liked the same thing. Everyone yeah, would I sound agree. the same. So. Again, if you it, de- listen to it, Death Pill, um, you know it's it. To me, I really liked it. I liked the songs. I felt like they were they were really well done. So uh, it's a short album. Like I said, it's twenty three minutes long. So it's not like it's going to take your whole afternoon to listen to. So if you happen to like that sound, you like the crossover sound, and you like the that kind of stuff. You know, punk and and like kind of that that blurring of lines between metal and punk. Check it out. Um, so yeah, that that's all I got to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> so, so you know, you know, originally we were going to do, you know, we, we had started last week with 1983 talking about those, um, you know, classic albums that came out in 1983. Today, you know, I know that people listening to this are listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, depending on if I forget to edit it. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, you know, today is Friday the 13th. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a massive Friday the 13th fan. 
Uh, I've got a whole wall dedicated to Jason Voorhees of action figures and and stuff. I've been to Camp Crystal Lake, and when I say Camp Crystal Lake, I mean the the actual camp they filmed the movie at. Um, I took a tour of it. You have to take a tour because it's an active Boy Scout camp. So in the off season, when all the scouts go home, they open up tours and they take you to all the lo- you know the filming locations, and they have pictures from the movie of what it looked like in the '80s. Almost everything looks the same. Um, you know, I got I I took a glass bottle of water from the lake that says "Angry Mother" like water on it, and I I have it like sitting on my shelf next to all my Jason stuff. Big Friday Thirteenth fan. So be, being is that today is Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, I I was kind of in a Halloween mood, so I said Duff. I said Duffs. I says I says Duffs. I says. So I says to Duffs. I says. Um, why don't we do like something Halloweeny, something related to horror, like something because I'm I'm in that mood. Like I I feel like if we just go to 1983, I'm going to be sitting here going through the motions. If we do something that's a little bit more fun and a change of pace, I think that like it'll be it'll be fun. Like it'll be and it's it, again it's October. You know this is like there's no more metal month in October because you know we can all go shopping for our home decor at Spirit Halloween. We can all, you know, like our people actually want to hear the stuff that we listen to because it's kind of scary, Ooh. Um, you know, whatever. So, I, I, I let, so we're gonna do songs that were featured in horror movies, and and I think the cool thing here is we're not only gonna be able to talk about the songs, we're gonna be able to talk about a little bit about the movies. Now, again, this is a heavy metal podcast, so we're not going to sit here and say, hey, yeah, this song was in this movie, and then we'd spend twenty minutes talking about the movie. But again, some of these movies were released in a time where metal was actually popular, when metal was king, like in the 80s, when, you know, you could hear metal on the, you would actually hear metal on the radio. You could turn on MTV and actually see metal. So, um, again, you know, we're going to, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this or probably a little a while talking about this and we'll see where we end up. So, um, here we are at, uh, roughly 40 minutes into the episode. Uh, and, uh, you know we're going to, we're going to start the topic. I think what our I think what our show needs though is we got to do like um, uh, like you know like the hubs doing this now like if there's like a twenty minute video they put those little the little markers to the video where they're like this is where it, she if you want to start editing the podcast you can do that <laughs> I don't have time for that it takes do you have any idea how long the show takes me to edit <laughs> it takes me I, like I really two just hours wanted, I I just really wanted to make another comparison between our show and you know phil i i I really wasn't suggesting we actually do it by the way uh i just so you know if you hear me sniffling a little bit i'm not over here doing rails i am uh you know the whenever the weather changes my sinuses go crazy so are you about to take a bump is that what you're saying no no i'm I'm not i'm not over here i'm not over here doing doing, uh yeah i'm not over here doing toot i'm not over here uh some blow getting a bump yeah i'm not over here doing blow i'm not i'm not having a couple rails um no, I'm just getting. Oh, oh, it's Kinnison. <laughs> Hand me a length of garden hose. Are you going skiing? Yeah, no, I'm not going skiing. No, I'm. Uh, uh. It's it's hilarious. So again, I, you know, I'm going to go off topic here for a half a second. So for those of you who don't want follow hockey, Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup, and they showed a picture of their Stanley Cup ring, and literally the top comes off the ring. And, and and underneath is a picture of their arena with all the seats, and everybody's like, "Oh, I know what that's for. It's for it's for storing nose beers." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I can see the guy. I can see one of the guys. Oh, excuse me for a minute. I gotta I gotta run the zamboni and get the snow off the ice." <laughs> 
like it's, it's ridiculous. Anyways, I, are that they, just are reminded they all, me. Are they, are they all about the blow in, in, on that team? Like, I, don't, I, I don't. I'm not on the oh, team. I couldn't tell you, but I don't. I mean, it, uh, it's my kind of team. If they are, you know, we're all we're all we're all we're all about the we're well, all about the fun nose powders around here. Well, like I said, okay, for, for the, the record, I, I, disclaimer. Clearly, I would never do an upper because I would die right there. Okay. Which is be fair, I would never do it. No, I know. We're, we're kidding like about that stuff. Much. Say no, say no to that junk. We uh no, no, it's, it's, but it is funny. Hey, it's funny. It's funny to make jokes about if if that's your thing, cool on you. I'm not gonna sit here and judge you. I'm not gonna tell you what you should and should not do. It's just not our bag. We're kidding, we're making jokes. Um anyway, so uh, I did want I did want to say one thing, and that, and that's you know speaking of the all this horror movie stuff, and this is related to the topic. On that, you know, I remember watching. And speaking of of hitting rails, that I, to this day I still say that one dude. If you ever seen Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, and 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 believe me when I say Duff is very familiar with that particular entry in the in the in the in the uh, saga yeah, because it has the set. It's got the set. By the way, she she's going to be in Pennsylvania, like a few hours away from me, signing autographs. And I seriously almost, I, I, I'm seriously considering going and just getting you an autograph and saying, you should, saying, you should, my you should friend like, Duff's a big fan of yours, and I don't mean yours is in you. I mean yours is in what you have. No, you you could literally you could literally tell her that we we run a podcast that has literally made the set a thing of legend, <laughs> a thing of legend, like like like, like Deborah Voorhees. Her, her, Deborah Voorhees' pair is more famous than Vinny's tiny pecker on this show. I will never forget when you were like, oh, my favorite's part four. And I'm like, no, 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 dude, you need to rewatch part five because you've seen it a thousand times. No, no, no. And then you watch part five and you're like, I have seen the light. <laughs> so um, funny. But what the whole, what, what the reason because, I brought because, that I'll up. I'll tell you why, though, because I was, I'm typically. I'm typically just a quantity over quality kind of guy. I, I was just about I mean? to say you're a quality, you're a quantity over quality. Yeah. But, but you can't you can't quality, you can't man. look past that quality though. But no 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 she she actually she has figured out she has single handedly, well two fistfuls, figured out how to have hers be better than the others combined. Like <laughs> when in the world when in the world would I ever say there was one set of jugs that I would rather have than a room full of jugs? <laughs> the reason I brought wins. up the it's reason crazy. I brought up part the reason I brought up part five though was you know I'm not going to go over the whole the, movie the plot but there's a scene where this guy's getting driven somewhere the dude is in the front passenger seat sitting there reading a stroke book and then and then like when he drops the girl off he looks behind the girl and starts flicking like the the woman takes the kid and he looks over and starts flicking his tongue then later on he's picking up like uh, he's picking up the 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 weight his girlfriend. And <laughs> It's like making dirty comments, and I'm like, dude, if this was, and and then of course he does rails, and I'm like, dude, if this was 1985, that'd be Duff. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but let's let's be fair. Anyways, it basically. I, I could totally see you like having a job where you're sitting there openly reading a stroke book while you're like <laughs> doing your job. <laughs> like, I like how she, he pretends that isn't the case now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, so I, we're gonna I used talk to be a about professor. What do you think I did in class? I, you know, I'm like, come on. We're going to really. talk That's about gross, but... we're going to talk about you know, uh, songs that were featured in horror films. Um, these aren't songs that are about horror films. These aren't songs that are you know about the characters or anything like that. They were just in the movies, and it'll again a lot of times with our topics we we not only choose topics that 
you know, are, are specific, but there are a lot of times our topics are excuses to talk about songs or excuses to talk about bands uh, more so than we try and have some sort of coherent or cohesive, rather cohesive and coherent sometimes too, but cohesive uh, narrative or overall narrative. So I think, I think with the first one that we should hit is probably the, the biggest and most obvious. And that is, well, one of the biggest and most obvious, and that is Dawkins dream warriors, probably one of the more famous ones because it was a pretty big hit song. Um, but if you look at nightmare on Elm street three, Dawkins was all over that movie. They had the, oh, the yeah. very first song you hear was Into the Fire. Uh, Dream Warriors was a theme song. And, you know, again, that was back in the 80s when people actually like metal was what people listened to. If you had if you were a teenager, you were listening to Dawkin. You were listening to you know, it was a it was a huge song for them, too. Yeah. It the video was just, hilarious, too. Don yeah, Dawkin beat Freddy Krueger with the power of his voice, which I don't I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like I said, it, it was I mean, Nightmare on Elm, or, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was the biggest one. Oh, you it's know, the best. That was, yeah, what is the best? But it's also the biggest one. Like that was the one that made all the money. Yeah, you know, I mean that was the one was where Freddy Krueger became Freddy Krueger. Not to mention the most famous thing Freddy ever says is in it. Welcome to prime time. Welcome bitch. to prime time, bitch. That is like that. That's his most famous line of all the great of all the more serious lines and all the really funny ones. That's the one he's most associated with. It just is. I mean, that's his line. I mean, the movie is so good. I, I mean, the thing what what I love about that movie is it's it's everything. Like it is campy, but it's not because it's also really good. You know, it's got a little bit of the fun, um, a little bit of the cheese, but not too much. Like, it, dude, it's right there. You know, the first the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie is a great movie, um, but. I felt like it could have used a little bit of, and maybe "fun"s the wrong word because it's a horror movie. But the first movie could have used a little bit of life in it. It it, need, it, it needed a little bit of life into it, and the third one just kind of nails that perfectly. Uh, I and I and I do mean that. It, it's it's actually it's it's always my vote for my favorite horror movie. I mean, it just is. It's not my vote for the best horror movie ever made. It's my vote for my favorite. But uh, and, and you know the thing is like Doc Dawkins, like I said, is is a big part of that movie. The, the music video was essentially Dawkins versus Freddy Krueger. They got all the actors. Um, they got Robert England who plays Freddy, and and the video is amazing. Like the video is just hilarious. I mean, the video takes the camp to the next level. I think my favorite is there's a scene in the movie where like this this uh, the main character walks into like this study or library and I'm ta I'm talking about this for the people who maybe haven't seen this in ten years fifteen years or ever so I know that people are sitting there going I know her name was Kristen and I so I'm just you know so I'm trying to like make this accessible I'm not gonna like get specific because I'm you know I know that you and I are huge fans of these movies probably a lot of people listening are but where well, like Freddy's like a snake and he's going through and you see like this big trail of of like things getting disturbed from him like digging through the floors and the wall. And all of a sudden, you think he's going to break through the wall, but no, George Lynch breaks through the wall and starts playing a solo. It's like the funniest thing ever. And of course, you know, Freddie pulls George Lynch back into the wall. But the, I think the best part of the entire video is at the end. First of all, if I heard Don Dawkins singing at me full force, I'd probably cover my ears and die, too. Um but so that's what, you know, Doc, you know, Don Dawkins actually does the forever and Freddie like covers his ears. The next thing you see is Freddie waking up in his bed and he goes, oh, what a nightmare. Who were those guys? 
And, um, you know, again, if I heard Don Dawkins' voice, I'd probably wake up, you know, if I heard Don Dawkins literally singing at me, I'd probably wake up and say, what a nightmare, too. Um, but, you know, again, this is another one of those movies where the rock and metal actually plays a big part in the movie. Like, it adds to the feel. Like, I don't think if they had a song like Into the Fire or Dream Warriors, it would have had that feel. Now, it does date it a little bit, but it dates it in that kind of good way where good slasher movies are always associated with the 80s. Like, when you think of slasher movie, you think of the 80s because that was the high line for for Friday the 13th. That was the high line for, for, for Nightmare on Elm Street. That was the, you know, all of those big slasher movies were the 80s. So, again, having that soundtrack, it, it, it just adds a little bit of nostalgia to it that I feel like it only helps the movie. I agree. I, I, so. I, I totally agree. I, I, uh, oh, I don't know. I, uh, I, will, I will also say that in hindsight, right, so I, I know glam rock is, say what you want about it, cheesy, whatever, but there are some songs from that era that you could show to someone and them not instantly think is like, like, dude, I get it, right? Like, if you didn't grow up in the 80s and someone tries to show you poison, you're just going to laugh, you know? <laughs> well, but, if you see a picture of them. <laughs> yeah, especially. Um, but, and I can or, or, see. Or they're going to say, oh, who are those girls? <laughs> Every I will guy say this, in the though, strip. Like, Dream Warriors is maybe the one Dawkins song that they might not immediately laugh at. And, now, I mean, if they if they give if they give Doc in a few minutes, they'll realize that if nothing else, Lynch is an amazing guitar player. But Dream Warriors does have, you know, it's a it's it's actually a pretty heavy song for them. Uh, it's, it's a cool song overall. So it's into less, the fire. Yeah, well, I I agree. Well, I mean, realistically, Dawkins was more often pretty badass than they were cheesy and lame look if, if you, you were don Dawkin out of it well that's the thing and that's what you know that's the thing like i, I remember it didn't you sound I, like white lion you know you and i have always said that like if you were to take don Dawkin out and of course it's kind of impossible as george lynch said how do you remove the guy the name the band is right. named after well and especially um, considering like he wrote the song dream warriors right if i'm not mistaken but, he wrote i mean i could check the i could check it but i'm pretty darn sure he wrote it but my point is like if you take if you if you were to take Don Dawkin out of Dawkin, now granted at the time they wanted to be marketable, they wanted to sell albums, they wanted to be rich and famous. They didn't want to be Metallica wow. in nineteen eighty in nineteen eighty three in nineteen eighty four nineteen eighty five eighty six. By the well, way, this is kind of funny because it was written by Lynch and Pilsen, and I have heard on numerous occasions Don Dawkin talking about how he wrote the song. Of course. Anyway. Either way. No, no, so, no, I'm just saying it's well, funny. You know what the bottom line is? Whoever's getting paid the royalties wrote the song. Um, so, you know, but my point is, like, if you were to take Dawkins out of the equation and you were to replace him with somebody like A. John Bush, not necessarily John Bush, but A. John Bush, who's a singer still, but not like a, uh, you know, type of singer. I think they would have been – now, granted, they wouldn't have been Metallica. They wouldn't have been Anthrax. Like, they were not a thrash band. I mean, but I really don't think they would have been classified as a glam band. I really think they would have been classified more like a band like Armored Saint, where 
I don't mean they sound like Armored Saint. I mean, it would have been a band where you're like, where do we put them? What do we do with them? They're they're too heavy for glam. They're not heavy enough for well, thrash. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's not go too far. Let, let, I mean, you, you could even just not go too far out of the way and say, put Sebastian Bach in that band. You know? Because he Sebastian Bach sang in Skid Row. You know? He, he could sing. You know, he was able to exist... I'm aware their first album came out in like 89, but Sebastian Bach's voice and, and realize, I realize he's younger, but run with me. What I'm saying is Sebastian Bach was a singer who was able to be very successful in the late eighties on MTV in the glam rock scene. And that guy's voice is also really badass. The guy, I mean, Sebastian Bach is one of the most powerful vocalists of that era. And well, I don't mean powerful like he had the, the you know, the highest. Well, I just mean like the man actually also would like Rob Halford scream and stuff. His voice just had a lot of balls to it. Well, that's the thing. Um, like Don, so, Don and, and Don I don't Dawkins. even necessarily mean Sebastian Bach, but I just mean you put Sebastian Bach, like if you were to take whatever, you know, take under lock and key or take any of them, and be like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna take uh, Don's vocals out of it. Just let Sebastian sing the whole thing. You'd end up being like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, that's the thing. Like Dawkins was like a like that was his normal singing voice was almost like a you know like he he wasn't a powerful singer. Sebastian Bach, even when he was like his normal his normal like singing voice wasn't like a wispy. He actually put balls into it like this, and then he'd hit the high notes when he wanted to accent stuff. Right. He wasn't a guy right. who was like, he wasn't a guy who was singing well, like this. It's, you know it's what I mean? Why, it's why I make the comparison between Don Dawkins and Mike Tramp. Listen to White Line. When the children cry. Like, dude, you suck. Like, I'm sorry, dude. I, 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 I realized there was a lot of talent in that band, but- Mike Tramp had the he's the only guy in the eighties whose voice was possibly lamer than Dom than Don Dawkins. And I'm not even taking anything away from Don as like the man clearly I'm not judging him now. Judging anyone from that era by their ability to sound good in twenty twenty three is really not fair. Yes, some people can still do it. Yes, Rob Halford's in his seventies and he, he is still awesome. Not everybody can do that. And and I understand. You know, I I don't your 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 favorite Hall of Famer in any sport would legitimately, if they were inducted into the Hall of Fame twenty five years ago, would not be able to play right now. <laughs> I mean, let's right. just be fair; it's not going to happen. You know, um, I mean that's what yeah. you know. Guy, guys who used to play in the NHL, they may be playing beer league, but you couldn't put them back in the NHL. I mean, let's be fair. Wayne Gretzky could not go into the NHL right now and set record. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm aware the guy clearly could probably still skate, right? But I'm just saying, it just happens, man. He's older, so I'm not holding that against him. Don Dawkins can clearly sing. He can, but his voice is very whispery and kind of he's he doesn't he's not it's not a powerful voice it's just not and fine but what was interesting is Dawkins was a pretty powerful band George's guitar I mean his guitars are that that sound that that guy makes and it's 
Well, and the riffs he writes are not the typical glam riffs. They are actually quite heavy. Like if you li- like a song into the fire, like that that's that riff is heavy. The burn 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 into the fire. Dun, 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 I'm falling into the fire. Dun, 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 dun. Like those are heavy riffs. And if you listen to like uh and I, you know to break off this topic a little bit, if you listen to a song like Tooth and Nail, that's a heavy song. Like he he had his he had a way of doing things. Now, when he wrote riffs, you could tell right away it was George Lynch because he had some things he he like he had a couple chords he liked to use in almost all of his riffs, or he would always go back to, or that was like kind of his bread and butter. So you could always tell a Lynch riff. But the problem is that like, but the thing is they weren't typical glam riffs, and that that's what kind of made them unique to me. Like they well, weren't and, and the typical actually, like pop song riffs, you know. I would go as far as to say George riffs are not typical. I mean, not not to make this a George Lynch guitar playing podcast, but yeah. the thing about George Lynch is he's a he's a guitar player. He's wait, Dimebag was this way, Hendrix was. I mean, there's loads of guitar players that their entire their entire style came about because. They have no idea why. That's just kind of ended up how they do it. Well, none of them um, were schooled. Hendrix yeah, wasn't George, a theory guy. Like no, Hendrix George, didn't learn. Hendrix wasn't a guy who would go to Juilliard. Hendrix was a guy that used to hang out in like jazz clubs and blues clubs and watch the guys play guitar. The same thing with I mean, Dimebag. Dimebag, he would tell you flat out, I have no idea why this, you know, I know you and I talk about this all the time. How somebody would look at Dimebag's thing and be like, "Oh, it's genius! How he did the 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 e Aeolian mode here, but changed the sixth degree a half step, where it gave it a little bit of dissonance." And Dimebag's like, "Yeah, I went up a fret because it sounded cool." You know, like like that. That's the thing. Like Dimebag would tell well, you flat I, out, oh, "I don't know much about theory." Now he would maybe know the the notes on the guitar neck. He would maybe know, you know, this is an E. This is a G, you know, whatever. But he was not a guy who was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use the fifth. You know, I was going to use the Aeolian mode and then I'm going to transition into the Mixolydian uh, and I'm going to focus around the sixth degree and hold the bend. You know, no, he was like, yeah, I, I just played something until it sounded cool. And that, I mean, he said that in countless interviews. Now, well, and, if and, he was if he was full of crap and he was like BSing well, fine, but those are his words. The thing about Dimebag, though, the guy. The guy was the guy was not schooled in theory, but he could also pick up a guitar and play anything he wanted as well. Well, you he know? had an ear. I mean, he had natural talent. But speaking uh, of which, but- why don't we transition? Because I wanted to actually, now that we're talking about Dimebag, there's a song on here I really wanted to bring up. And it's actually a song I had no idea existed until, like I want to say, maybe 10 years ago. And this movie came out in the 80s. I think in late 80s, early 90s. Let me check it out. Uh the movie not the tv show i have to look it up so this movie came out 92 okay so oh, i guess it would have been 92 because he, he would have had to have had a but anyways halford with halford actually did a song on the buffy the vampire slayer soundtrack and when i say buffy the vampire slayer i know there was a tv show that was huge and has lots of fans but i'm talking about the movie from 1992 that kind of started it and it had a completely different you know person playing the main character there's a song called Light Comes Out of Black on there, and it's credited to Halford, but the backing band is actually Pantera. So this is Rob Halford playing with Pantera. When I first heard this song, I'm think, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, how did I never hear this before? I mean, it's insane. And Phil Anselmo's doing backup vocals. He's doing like the, you know, he's light comes out of black. 
you know, we mean while Rob Halford's doing his, nah, nah, you know, his his ah stuff, you know, like right. Well, he, that would have been ex- like he was in fight at that point. Yeah, probably. and like this, I, I think he well ninety two painkiller. I mean, it, it, I mean, I, you know, I don't know exactly. I forget exactly where he left when he left Priest, but this well, literally might yeah, have been I mean, in between Priest and fight. Yeah, I don't. He, I think. Well, I, he might not have left Priest yet, but he was. I'm pretty sure he was doing fight because fight would have had al- had an album out by that point. Painkiller um, came out in what 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Fight, and I don't remember f- when that. When did Fight's album fight come out? Fight was uh, well, War Awards was 94, so maybe maybe he wasn't in fight yet. He might, um, yeah, th- th- I think th- it could have been like th- maybe the reason why he was playing with Pantera as a backing band was because it was in between the two. I don't know. Either way, well, and and Priest, you know, Pantera did a short tour with Priest. Yeah, they, but they did. They they were on the road with around ninety two because they were that it was it was in the the Cowboys vulgar days when they did a short like European tour with Priest. So, so that's probably and, how it all happened. But it's funny because you don't normally think of because Buffy Alfred was a huge Pantera fan. But you you normally don't you normally don't think of you know Pantera and Rob Halford being on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack because. The rest of the bands on this are like R.E.M. Okay, Ozzy is on there. There's a song called Party with the Animals, which I don't think I've ever heard. I'm going to have to like check that Ozzy. out, too. Also, it was 92. That's the, that's what you got to remember. That's the No More Tears era. Right, but it's, I mean, it's 92 when Pantera was not exactly they're going to be on. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't. Ozzy by 92 was had been around for. You know, well over twenty years, he was famous. It didn't really matter if 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 Ozzy was metal, you could put him in a soundtrack just because Ozzy was, Ozzy was Ozzy. Yeah, you know, but I mean, like Matthew famous. Sweets you, you on this, on the cult, Street at that point, Divinals. Like you know, you normally don't. You wouldn't think, and not only that, you wouldn't think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a, a, a cheesy movie from the '90s, would have you know Rob Halford and Pantera. So I mean, but this song is actually super heavy. And it's awesome. Like I, I mean, really and truthfully, it's probably it's. Pro- I mean, I I wouldn't call it maybe top ten, but it's definitely would be higher up on the list than some of the other stuff that uh, you know Halford did. Like, it certainly is better than two. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's a great song, and it, and again, it was really surprising. Now I don't remember much about the movie. I know Paul Rubens was in it, and he played a vampire. I remember the, I remember the cover of the movie vividly. Yeah. And I, and I remember almost nothing about the movie itself. It was Christy Swanson, and she's holding a stake, and it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right, but right, right, I, yeah. The, the only thing I remember is Paul Rubens gets stabbed with a stake, and he's like, ah! And then he stops and looks over to see if she's still paying attention, and and, and, and he keeps going, ah! Like, that's a, the only thing I remember about that movie, and I, I you know, I, I, I probably watched the movie in, as a kid in the 90s like 10 times. It was on HBO like every other day. But it's funny because I never realized this song was on there. And then one day, I think I was looking up like Pantera or Dimebag or something like that. And it was like, was also featured on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack. And I'm like, what? So I, you know, of course, like downloaded the song and it's freaking awesome. So if you've never heard that or you're not aware of that, like, Check it out. Buffy the Vampire's Light Comes Out of Black. I think, again, it's credited to Halford. I don't even think they list Pantera as being the backing band, but as soon as you hear it, as soon as you hear the the song, you're like, as soon as that, the first to the you're like, that's time. And then, of course, you hear Phil in the background because there's, again, Phil is one of those guys where it amazes me because 
he he's a he's a screaming like he's he's a scream vocalist like he's you know but honestly no one sounds like him for all the people in in metal that scream and growl and yell and everything else no one sounds like phil he's that one guy who could yell who do who do nothing but yell and you're like that's phil anselmo oh yeah no absolutely I mean, you could literally Absolutely. hear the beginning of the Great Southern Trend Kill without any music and be like, that's Phil. He, you know, Phil, I mean, Phil was that vocalist that, and I, I'm not, I'm not unique in saying this. Everybody says this, but Phil was that vocalist that, you know, everybody in the nineties, you know what I mean? Like. Every metal band in the '90s wanted Phil. They 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 wanted their vocalist to end up being like their own version of Phil, and uh, he was just unique. I, he was, and uh, he was a hell of a frontman before he went nuts. Yeah, he was a <laughs> hell of a frontman. No, 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 no. I agree. I agree. And and look, look, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. He said dumb stuff. We don't want to. I don't want to. That's why about. I said before he went nuts. He was yeah. a hell of a frontman. Let, let's he, just. Wait, be, I mean, the when guy, his speeches, when his speeches before, when his speeches before, like you know. Uh, 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 songs weren't like him sending messages. It was him being like, "We're here and we're Pantera and we love everybody and we're we're we take care of our own and blow all your breath in the person next to his face and you paid good money to curse out loud like that." That Phil was awesome. When he started getting up and preaching and saying, "This is what I think about this," that's when he went nuts and I I I can do without him. Or when he was doing other stupid crap. But like early like '90s Phil, early to mid '90s Phil when. His messages on on stage were about like we're all here to have a good time and cool man thanks you know that kind of stuff that that's when Phil was like the quintessential frontman that everybody wanted in this band he's since built up a lot of baggage but again I'm not, I don't really want to talk about that because we all are aware of it we all know about it you're gonna like him you're gonna hate him nothing's gonna change your mind trust me I can give credit where credit's due and separate the art from the artist and everything like that and say, like, you know, again, when he did songs like this, even as a backing vocalist, you you heard him and you immediately knew it was him. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, Phil Phil was, uh, yeah, a uh, major talent. Not to mention, I mean, it, you put Halford, you know, next to him. It, it's all just good stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's all good stuff. I mean, and... Um, I mean, I know, I know Pantera had a, you know, I, I know, um, I know you're a big fan of the badge on the Crow soundtrack. Yep. Um, cover song. Yeah, I know it is. I'm just saying, I know you're a big fan of that song. Um, they were, I mean, in the nineties, they were a band that made sense to go, uh, to, to go, to go in horror movies um i mean buffy buffy the show was not horror but it was urban fantasy if it was a book it'd be called urban fantasy that's what they would call it um but it was i would say more of a modern urban horror kind of thing that they were a movie and then the movie was way more of what I would call just a comedy. Um, but regardless, yeah, Pantera had some, had some cool stuff. Um, we could, uh, why don't we talk about, uh, grab some other stuff off this list that might be, um, just, just cool. It'd be cool songs from, 
from uh, from horror movies. I mean, I don't know, man. Pick anything you want off. The so, list. I, you know, the one the one that sticks out to me, and it's a band that I'm surprised took so long, and maybe they were in other ones. I can't really remember. Oh, I, okay. You know what? I'm gonna add another one on this list because it'll be fun to talk about. Uh, um. So, Slayer, and there, and the, and and you know. Obviously, you know, there's a couple songs that probably come to mind, and, and I, I'm trying to hiccup if they were in other ones, but the one funny one that always cracked me up was the fact that they were actually in the movie Gremlins 2. Now, whether or not they were in the soundtrack, I don't know, uh, but so when when you, if you've never seen Gremlins or Gremlins 2, and I, if you've never seen Gremlins, I'm shocked because it's like a huge movie. I- I only remember Gremlins two. It wasn't um, Hulk Hogan. It took in place that? in the office. Yeah, yeah. Hulk That's Hogan's all I in remember it. about that movie. So, but like, so because it just—I mean, I've seen it a thousand times. It's just not memorable. But right. I remember it's, Hulk it's Hogan a, being in it. It's a fun movie. It takes place in an office building, and I'm not going to explain the plot. It doesn't matter. But there's this part where they break into a laboratory and they start drinking all of these different formulas and mutating as a result. So this one drinks a spider mutation format, and all of a sudden, "Angel of Death" by Slayer starts playing, where it's like, and and this you see this gremlin start mutating into a giant spider. It's it's cool. It's like one of those little things where if you if you know the song, you're like, oh my god, "Angel of Death," but if you don't know it, you're not gonna like notice it. You know, it's not gonna be like, oh, I wonder what song that is. And it's like literally a blink and you'll miss it. It's it's a blink and you'll miss it uh, moment, but it it is awesome. Um, but the other one that I always think of when I think of Slayer is from Dracula 2000 bloodline. That was a massive song for them. Uh, and Dracula 2000 in and of itself is an awesome soundtrack. There's a lot of good stuff on that soundtrack. Am Um, I, am I I remembering correctly that it's actually a pretty cool movie? I haven't um, seen it in a long time. It depends who you ask. I remember it being a cool movie, but I, but I really do. I have not seen that movie since we worked at Blockbuster. Um, I haven't. I have not seen that movie since I worked at Blockbuster. So I might even watch it now and say this is this is crap. By the way, we we try to not say that bands are crap. I have no problem saying a movie's crap. Um, <laughs> insulting Hollywood does not bother me. But I don't know, man. For some reason, I remember it being pretty cool. I I Whether like not it. Good so- is the word to use. I remember it being pretty cool. I but like I haven't it. seen it in over twenty years. I mean, I like it. Um, I I always enjoyed the movie. I always thought it was fun. The whole point of it is Dracula's been imprisoned by Van Helsing, and Van Helsing's been like um, using Dracula's blood to keep himself alive, which is how he's lived like hundreds of years. And he, you know, eventually Dracula wakes up and escapes, and his his if Van Helsing's descendant has to fight him. Whatever. A lot of people said it was a terrible movie. I thought it was like again. As a fan of cheesy horror movies, if you're going to ask me, is it a good movie? I'm going to say probably not. Is it a fun movie? Absolutely. Um, I, I thought it was cool. I, why it's in my head as being cool? I yeah, I like it. I I you know actually I haven't watched it in a long time, but I used to watch it all just, the time. Is it full of nudity or something? <laughs> like, no, no. Vitamin C is the only one that that shows her business in that movie. Um, oh well, the, the singer dude, Vitamin dude, wait, C. Wait, hold on, though. No. I I gotta say this though. Vitamin C is, um, I can't remember her real name. Uh, I gotta figure this out. Hold on. Um, hold on. It is what is your? Oh, of course, it's a big old Irish name. 
Colleen Fitzpatrick. Um, she's Lucy Westerman. Oh, God, they even gave her a porno name in the movie. Well, uh, that's actually the I... name from the novel. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just saying, it, come on, it's as porno as it gets. Um, that's what I mean. The caster is the porno name. So anyway, let me let me say this. A little, a little pause because I just love talking about this, and it's music-related. Vitamin C was on the greatest, and I will go on record saying this, Vitamin C is on the greatest competition reality show in the history of television. Without question, she is on the best competition reality show ever made. And I have never met a and I I I probably mentioned it. I remember mentioning this like years ago on the show, but no one else would remember it. And I'm going to talk about this for a minute just because it's me and no one else will ever talk about this. She's on the greatest competition reality show of all time, and I've never met another living person who's ever seen it. No one remembers it. But there's YouTube videos of it, so I'm not crazy because I've watched the, the YouTube videos of it. She was on – she was the host, one of the three judges on a TV show called WB Superstar USA. Rex, I might have shown you a video from it. I don't know. But do you, do you remember me showing you anything from no. that show? Okay. WB Superstar USA was, I swear to God, the greatest show ever. And if you have never – I am telling everybody listening to the show, look this show up on YouTube, and I, I will explain why. The show came out in 2004. I watched it on – I remember watching the show and thinking it was amazing. It's a typical – singing competition show, okay? It is it, it basically, this was in the American Idol heyday, right? This is, American Idol had only been around for a couple of years. This is when the show was really blowing up. And, you know, the WB was one of those, like, you know, networks. <laughs> they, were the, they were the network that was really just trying to succeed and it didn't always work. Um, and kind of crappy, so the WB had the show called WB Superstar USA, and it was literally just an American Idol clone. That's all it was. The, the one of the um, one of the judges was Vitamin C. The other one was Tone Loke. You know what I mean? Like they couldn't get anybody anybody cared about, so they got Tone Loke and Vitamin C. That was their version of Randy Jackson um, and Paula Abdul, right? Funky Cole so Medina. So here's the point. No one in the right mind would watch this terrible version of American Idol. But the reason the show was so amazing was it was fake. The they picked the worst people that auditioned. And they would con them into thinking they were good and they would put them in front of a fake audience who would cheer for them every night. And the worse they were, so the winner of the show at the end of the season when they won, they're like, congratulations, we forgot to tell you, you suck worse than anyone has ever sucked before, and this, the entire audience hates you. Like, the entire show was completely designed to ruin the lives of everybody on it and embarrass them in front of everybody. It was awesome. And if you're wondering how did they not figure it out, they arranged it so that none of the contestants could watch each other perform. Because, like, if you saw the other people in the room being all crappy, you'd figure it out. But, like, there was this one guy. He was this – he was 
um, like the biggest weird. Hold on, uh, let me show you. Um, hold on, I know you can't see it, but let me, help me out, Rex. Um, uh, uh, how do I best describe? Um, like, how do I even nicely describe this guy? Um, help me out. Help me out here. Like, I'm going to show you a picture. Hold on. I don't know. We've kind of gone from talking about metal to no, reality no, 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 TV. No, 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 no. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Um, no, actually, it's, I, I can make I can make this about uh, rock because it is. Um, well, anyway, you have this guy who is the weirdest, most comf- most uncomfortable looking nerd guy ever, and they convince this guy that he's a rock star and they convince this guy that he is a sex symbol and a rock star and that he should do rock songs and the guy does Aerosmith's I don't want to miss a thing and he can't hit any of the notes in it like Rex you're seeing it they make that guy think he's a sex symbol and a rock star it is the most it's it's amazing and because I am a horrible person I love this show just saying Y'all to watch it because it's the greatest thing ever. It's about music, man. It's about music, and, and it's about you know Aerosmith is there too. And most importantly, this show is about being a horrible human being, <laughs> which is perfect Fair for enough. me. And 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 you know, uh, I, hey man, you know I always try to like not say like you know we 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 talk about women in metal bands, and we'll say how like they're. You know, we we let, let's be fair though. We, we we were talking about like female bands earlier. We will talk about uh, people in female metal bands, and, and we might we might make a little make a little comment that like they're good looking. But we also draw the line where like we don't ever want to treat female metal people that way. Like we don't. You know, I mean, it, it, we talk about someone like Sonia Anubis, and we'll say how like I mean, clearly she's an attractive woman, but like. We're we're not gonna make we're not gonna make her on the show that we're gonna talk about her as a great guitar player. Um, I have no qualms about saying that the vitamin C was just a nice piece of ass and that's all it mattered. <laughs> you know what I mean? She wasn't. <laughs> so so going back to the movie, if vitamin C wanted to get all kinds of naked in that movie, I'm all for it. I like so, it. I like so, it because she was a you know. We we I, took the I, long I, we I, took the long way around for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was my way of saying. That uh, you know, I I I I would do her a favor and throw her a bone. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, but no, Bloodline. So going back to what we were talking about, Slayer's Bloodline. That that song eventually ended up on God Hates Us All. But this song was released a long time before that album came out because I remember, uh, I remember hearing that song and it was the first new Slayer since the album before that, which was wasn't the album before that. What was the question? What, the album before God Hates Us All was that actually. Oh, God, the one before God Hates Us All was, um, uh, was yeah, the, 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 the Diabolis. Oh, Diabolis and Musica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I wrong? I don't remember. I think. I, I can't. I'm, I gotta I'm, look, dro- I'm having a brain me. hiccup. But either you way, either way, Ugh. either way. So, you know, it, either way. So, like, God Hates Us All came, you know, came out eventually. But that, al- yeah, that song Diab- was. Diabolis was 98. God Hates Us All was 2001. Yeah. Because it was Diabolis was the album that made me stop listening to Slayer just kind of all entirely. Um, because I Yeah, a lot of people hate was, that album. Dude, I'm, I mean, look, but, look, 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 look. And I'm not even bashing the record. It was, to me, the symbol of Slayer is no longer anything I, I like. 
It yeah. was it was the ch- it was when Carrie King decided he was a songwriter. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I'm 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 joking. Well, but the, not but the Dracula 2000 soundtrack as a whole is actually a pretty good soundtrack. So it is. I totally you know, you've agree. got Slayer, you've got Power Man 5000. The Power Man 5000 sounds actually really cool. Um, you've got Monster Magnet with Heads Explode, which is actually a really cool song. Uh, System of a Down with Metro. I- I'm just picking and choosing here. The, even the Taproot song. Look, Taproot is about as new metal as you can get. Like Taproot is literally like when you think of what new metal sounds like, Taproot like is it. Um, but that song day by day is actually a pretty good song. I could see you hating it because the guy is like whines throughout the entire song, but the, the, the song itself is actually pretty cool. In my opinion, uh, Lincoln park is on it. Look again, I know metalheads have a problem with Lincoln park because I don't really listen to Lincoln park. I know people hate him, but at the, on the other hand, Lincoln park was a gateway band for a lot of people to get into heavier stuff. So whatever they are, what they are. Uh, you know, Disturb Static, the Static X song too, Ostigo Undead is a really cool song as well. And of course, the Pantera song, Avoid the Light by Pantera is such a freaking cool song. It's, it's, it was on nothing else they ever released. So if you want to hear that song, you have to listen to the Dracula 2000 soundtrack or get it on iTunes. Um, but I mean, Avoid the Light was such a cool song. And I was so happy to have a new Pantera song that wasn't, oh, we're going to repackage Cemetery Gates or we're going to repackage this or that. Avoid the Light is such an awesome song. Uh, the riff is so cool. Phil is in top form. Um, it, it's it's actually one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite Pantera songs. But um, so, I mean, the soundtrack itself was stacked and it had a lot of cool stuff. But Slayer's Bloodline, I think, was probably the song that's most well known, at least among metalheads, from that soundtrack. But you're absolutely right. The movie was really cool. Um, the movie was well, the movie was cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it 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 was again one of those movies that actually had a heavy metal soundtrack in the 2000s. And we always talked about how soundtracks were a big gateway into getting into some of the bands that we got into. You know. Uh, I, you know, and it's not a horror movie, but you know, you talk about last action hero. Um, the first time I was exposed to John Bush anthrax was last action hero. Cause I mean, th- I think that movie came out when I was like 11 or 12 years old and I was just finding my way into like exploring music. We've told the story a thousand times. It's, it was really hard to explore music in like 1992, three, four, you had to buy albums. There was no iTunes. There was no Spotify. I was actually just talking with a friend of mine about this and I was saying like it's nuts to think that like you you know you used to have to go to a record store with your hard-earned money and take a gamble on an album because it had a cool cover or because somebody told you it was good or because you heard this band was awesome now you're literally like oh that's a cool band I'm gonna listen to their entire discography this afternoon at work trying to trying to describe that to someone now it's like it's literally like it's basically like gambling on a fart you know what I mean yeah (laughs) I know I mean it it's, is. It's, it's about the same equivalent. It's like gambling on a fart. Sometimes you lose, and when you lose, it's not pretty. You're stuck with it for a while. You're you're stuck. <laughs> it's, especially like like especially like you're the kid that happened to you in, in you know uh, in in you know third period. You got oh god, <laughs> gotta hide this one. Uh, by the way, can I tell you? Can I tell you? Uh, so I was uh, I was flying. <laughs> this is just a great story because it's me, right? I'm flying back from Chicago, and um, <laughs> I'm. I'm sitting in the uh, I'm sitting literally in seat 1A like the very first seat right cuz I got that kind of cash. No. Um I so I am I'm sitting in but I am sitting in the first it, it's a small regional plane whatever. I'm sitting in the first row. First seat. And um someone 
this is great. Someone like goes to the bathroom, like the, the, the front of the plane bathroom, right? So someone goes to the front of the plane bathroom and like they open the door and then like I had been holding back, you know, a, I'm just going to make this about farting, but it happens. I, I had been like holding back a fart for a while and it was one of those times where I just couldn't hold it back anymore and like just totally let one rip. And then, you know, and as the person, like, gets out of the bathroom and walks by, the flight attendant goes into her little cabinet, gets out some, like, uh, some, like, air spray and goes in the bathroom and, like, sprays it down and closes it. And she goes up to me. She's like, sorry, I had to spray that room down. Whatever happened in there was horrible. I'm like, oh, my God. He got blamed for it. <laughs> Well, cause last time I flew, I, you know, stunk out the place because I was sweaty. So I just wanted you to know that I smoked out a plane again. It's just me. Um, it's a little things in life, man. You gotta be proud of. I don't know what made me think of that, but it happened. It's a true story. <sighs> anyway, it's been um, a night, man. What, what can I tell you? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, um, we, uh, you know what? Uh, I don't. Can we just throw out that the band Fastway is awesome and in the entire Trick or Treat soundtrack is cool? Yeah, it's funny because that's one of those soundtracks where I couldn't tell you what any one song sounded like, but I just enjoy the soundtrack. And it's you know, I, it's one of those movies again where it's about a metalhead. First of all, Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne are in the movie. Ozzy Osbourne plays a, a, a preacher who's talking about the evils I, of metal, which I have had that, this on vinyl since high school, man. Like it's, absolutely. You have, we, we both have had it on DVD since we had DVD players. Um, it, it's funny cause it's, 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 and you know, this is back when this is peak Ozzy. This is back when Ozzy was the Prince of darkness and everything, which made him playing a preacher hilarious. Now you'd probably be like, oh, it's that guy from the Osbournes and he's playing a priest. You know, like that guy. But um, it's funny because this movie, well, first of all, it's about as, a as opposed head. to the movie, the Osbournes, which yeah, I have. Well, seen. I don't yeah, I, I don't want to see what anybody that looks like Sharon, you know, you know, anyway, no, I, dude, wanna... I was on a I was on a college trip. Uh, and my fraternity, hold on real quick. I was on a trip in college and my fraternity was, um, at a conference. And so, you know how, like when you're in college, they have like the, every student pays some stupid activity fee or whatever. Well, it goes into a pool of money. So like when fraternities or sororities or clubs or whatever do things, they can get some of that money. So we went to a conference and the way it worked out was that the college I went to would reimburse us for the cost of the hotel. Well, when I was at the hotel, I called the front desk and I found out that if we rented Menza movies, like if we, if we rented porn in the hotel room, it wouldn't be billed separately. It would just be part of the hotel room bill. So I went, wait a second. You're not going to put it as a separate line item. It's just going to get added to the bill. Yeah. So, like, it won't show on the receipt that the bill includes porn. They're like, yeah. I was like, okay. So I ordered them all, <laughs> and I got my college to pay for it. And one of them was called the Ozporns. And the it was like, they didn't it wasn't Sharon, but it was like Sherry. So it would be like this guy, and he's like, Sherry. Well, he's doing it was the funniest thing. And, of course, you know, it was like hotel porn. So it was, you know what I mean? It was like, you. it was... Uh, it was the three-quarter porn. You know what I'm talking about? Where, like, 
you 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 see some stuff, but you don't see it all. You get what I'm saying? But it was hilarious, and I got a college to pay for it. That's all I'm saying. But uh, I am I, I got a Catholic university <laughs> to pay for the Osborns, and damn it, I've seen it. Continue. Um. Yeah. So I mean, but like fast way, you know. Uh. Anyways, trick or treat. Trick or treat, uh, you know, it's it's actually one of those rare, you know, it's it's a horror movie that's actually about a metalhead. So the dude in it, I I love watching that movie and actually like I don't want to say freeze framing, but looking at all the posters, like he has a gigantic like armed and dangerous poster on his wall by Anthrax, and you know it, it's 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 really cool, like you know, because they they actually did a really good job with the set design in that where it's where they they put up like Iron Maiden posters and stuff, and the dude's an actual legit metalhead. It's the kind of guy that would actually listen to Fastway. And um, again, the mu- the mu- the music plays a huge part in that. The whole plot of the movie is actually about an evil like musician who dies, and he tries to come back to life through this like record. It's like his la- the the last thing he ever recorded before he dies, and the kid has to try and you know stop it. Uh, anything you know, it, it's it's a really cheesy '80s horror movie, but it's kind of got became a it's kind of gained a cult status because you know the Fastway soundtrack definitely played a part. They actually they actually even re released it uh, recently on vinyl well, and. And you know, it's just one of the you know, it's it's one of those movies where, you know, the the kid's actually a metalhead, and they do a really good job of portraying him. Because normally, like you you and I have always talked about this, and we talked about this with Stranger Things, how the metalhead was always a was always a, a you know idiot, or always the stoner, or always the kid like like in the gate who oh I know all about all the satanic things going on here because my albums told me. No, this kid was actually a normal dude who just liked metal. And he was a big fan of this band, and he just happened to get caught up in all this. It's not that he like worshipped the devil or ra- or or did evil rituals. He just happened to get caught up in it. And I don't know. It's really cool. It's one of like my, in my opinion, the quintessential metal movies, let alone metal horror movies. Trick or treat. And this is not trick or treat like with the little kid in the paja- with the little guy in the pajamas with the sack on his head. This is trick or treat, not trick or treat. Trick or treats like the Halloween anthology. This is trick or treat. Um, and, and, and I don't know, I, I dig the soundtrack. It's funny. It's one of those soundtracks where you just put it on and go, you don't necessarily pick it apart, you know? Yeah. You know, um, and, and I will, I will, I will throw this out as well. One of the, and, and actually I haven't mentioned this probably in a while. So if, again, if you're new to the show, you have never heard me talk about this, but I'm aware that I just got done talking about, you know, Menza films, but not talking about that i will i will mention that one of the most important things to me in my journey of metal and we've talked about this you know grew up watching mtv you know then the 90s hit and there were so many bands that you know separately but we you know we got really into i mean you know the 90s hit you know and i just you know i, I started finding um, I started getting into Anthrax and Pantera and bands like that. Um, but there, things happen in your musical journey along the way, and this happens to everybody, where you see something. Again, we were talking about this with these, sound, with these soundtracks, right? Like um, you, you're, you, you watch one of these movies and you, know, you watch Trick or Treat and you hear Fastway or you know, whatever it is. They, things happen and they open your eyes up to new things. What I have mentioned is one of the most important things to me in my, you know, metal journey was when I was in high school and I bought the hard and heavy 
videos on VHS. And if you don't know what I mean by hard and heavy, again, I know it's it sounds like I'm going to talk about filth, but in this case, I'm actually not. They were a series of these videos where they just would feature bands. And they were rock and metal. And, you know, you would see performances and videos and interviews with bands that you would just not see anywhere else. And what's funny is some of them are really famous now. Um, like the interview with Ronnie James Dio at his house when he shows you his pool table and he shows you uh, his bar and all that sort of stuff. And he shows you videos of him recording um, Lock Up the Wolves. Like those were in those. You know, I remember seeing um, how many bands that, that those videos introduced me to. Because I remember I bought these videos, like, and the next, and, and overnight, I had heard about all these metal bands I didn't know existed. I seriously, I, I'm in high school and I'm listening to metal, but remember it, like you just got done saying, you could only listen to what you could get your hands on. I could only listen to it if I knew someone who owned it, or they had it at the store, or I bought it. MTV wasn't going to play it. Radio wasn't going to play it. Couldn't find it. I mean, the internet was in its infancy stages at that point. And all of a sudden, on these videos, I'm seeing Sacred Reich. That's what got me into Sacred Reich. It's what got me into Celtic. So, sorry. It's what got me into Celtic. For, I always called them Celtic, but I've heard them say Celtic. So we're going to go with Celtic. Um, it introduced me to, um, to violence. Well, I'm really not a big fan of, but still, introduce me to them. It's what got me into Death Angel. It got me into Death Angel. It got me into Celtic Frost. It got me into Sacred Reich. And, I mean, so many, I could think of 100, but so many different bands that it really got me into. Why am I mentioning this? It's what got me into the movie Trick or Treat. Because, um, oh, guys, it's where I, it's where I first heard Hellraiser, the, 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 um, the the motorhead the mo the motorhead version of Hellraiser first time I'd heard it, uh, I I knew the Aussie version up till that point, um, but I never heard the motorhead version until I saw that. Um, first time I saw those interviews with with, with Lemmy, when I was like, oh wow, you're smart. Um, but it it got me into the movie Trick or Treat because there was uh there there was I I don't exactly remember entirely what what was in it, but I know that that movie was in it because they were talking about Gene Simmons and Ozzy being in it. So it's just in a roundabout way, that's how I ended up getting the soundtrack on vinyl for, I probably paid a dollar for it, if that. Um, and how I ended up finding out about this movie. So what's interesting is in some of these soundtracks end up getting you, I guess this is where I'm going with this. Some of these soundtracks, the... You watch the movie, and the movie introduces you to the band. But it's always interesting when the opposite happens. You know? Like, something related to metal makes you want to go watch the movie. Like, I watched this movie because I heard Ozzy and Gene Simmons were in it. And then I went and watched the movie. But then it got me into Fastway. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I, I, this is why. I mean, I love some of this stuff. I do. I do. I love some of this stuff. I agree. Um, 
And uh, God, I, I, I still have, I still have VHS copies of some of those. But those, those old VHSs are so hard to. I, I tried to play them a couple of years ago, dude. They're they're so worn out by this point. Uh, but oh man, those were so cool. Uh, it and it, it's why, by the way, it's also why there are years of my life where like, um, like the year two thousand albums that came out in the year two thousand tend to be highly on my radar just because it was uh, a time on our old radio show that we were just playing a bunch of new stuff. So like every metal album that came out in 2000, like is on my radar. Um, so there'd be bands like, why do I like that one so much? Well, look at the year it came out. Uh, like right around 1990, there was, there was just a ton of records uh, that all came out at roughly the same time. And I got, really heavily into them like lock up the wolves was 1990 if i'm not mistaken uh, uh painkiller was 1990 the first time i had heard I, I loved judas priest at that point but i only knew judas priest from the late 70s early 80s the uh, uh painkiller also came out in 1990 and videos for that were you know the video for painkiller was on it was like wow i didn't know priest was this heavy i, I had no idea and, you know, to this day, it's why, what is my favorite Celtic Frost song? Vanity Nemesis. It came out in 1990 because it was featured on those videos as well. It's the same rate, what, Act 3 by, De by Death Angel, right? 1990, of course. It, I'm looking, I was like, of course it came out in 1990. It was featured on those videos. So there's a ton of metal albums that came out in 1990 that I was introduced to because of those videos. And I know this isn't about those videos. Uh, it's about Trick or Treat and Fastway and all that sort of thing. But it all kind of ties in together for me as to how it how it falls into importance in, in my head. Uh, Lil Way, okay, so was The American Way by Sacred Reich in 1990 as well? Now I just got to look. I got to look now. When did that come out? Let me look at my uh, Shock of the World, the American, right? The American Way by Sacred Reich, also 1990. That's why that was on the video as well. Fun how that happens, right? One video comes out and you get all these different bands who all put a record out at the exact same time. Um, but anyway, that's what got me into Trick or Treat, which what got me into Fastway and um, also had a big, and you know, that had a big influence on me getting way bigger, way more into Motorhead. Um, admittedly, it was Airheads that got me into Motorhead more than anything else, probably because Born to Raise Hell, even though it's not really Motorhead, but Born to Raise Hell, the song that starts out the movie Airheads is still what I consider an amazing song. Um, and that really got me listening to more Motorhead. But anyway, sorry about that complete tangent, but it's all related. Uh, I guess we could talk about Hellraiser by Motorhead, right? Um, from from Hellraiser 3, we could talk about that one too. That video was so cool. Yeah, I'll always love that when uh, Pinhead walks in and Lemmy throws down the Ace of Spades. They're playing cards and Lemmy throws out you know the Ace of Spades. Um, it's funny because this, uh, this Hellraiser was a double song, meaning Ozzy recorded one version of it for No More Tears. Uh, Lemmy recorded a version of it. I think it was on Bastards, maybe? I can't remember. I swear to God, if that if that came out in 1990, I'm just going to laugh. Hold on. I got to look. But anyways, they re they released it recently where they actually combined the two versions where Lemmy and really Ozzy. Cool, actually. Both. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that version. I bought the 10-inch uh, vinyl. 
And yeah, of course, like, you know, it, it's actually from Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3 was an interesting movie. Um, it, it first of all had Dax from Star Trek Deep Space Nine as the main, like, protagonist. Which is awesome. Who's awesome? Um, if it, you know, I, probably some people are saying I have no they idea put what it you're on, talking about. They released they released it on March or Die, by the way. Oh, March or Die. That's right. I knew it was on yeah. one of those. Dude, all those Motorhead albums during that era. That, except that also has Cat Scratch Fever on it, and I mean, all all the Motorhead weird. albums like up until Overnight Sensation just all blend together for me. Like you know, between between like Ace of Spades and and Overnight Sensation, those all is made. I could literally. It's like picking a card out of a deck. Like you know they. Motorhead's one of those bands where they're like ACDC. I'm not saying every album sounds the same, but every album pretty much feels the same. So I don't know. Anyways, but they they they, they, they all they're all the same other than you know they you know they the the band aged over time. But at the end, I mean, I'll put it this way: uh, you could you 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 could say that the 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 Fast Eddie Clark albums. Don't sound like, you know, the the Phil Campbell records. But let's be fair. If you put all the Fast Eddie Clark albums together, you could blur them all together pretty easily. You know, the 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 Phil Campbell records. You kind of put them together. They're all kind of you know. Except for overnight era- sensation when he's going to town on that cigarette. <laughs> he's really going to town on a cigarette on that cover. If you've never seen the cover of that dude. He is going to town on a cigarette. There there are some album covers where there's some interesting stuff happening on the front. Overnight sensation is is Phil Campbell going to town on a cigarette. It's kind of like you know, hotter than hell by Kiss when someone's checking Gene's oil. There's just some things that go on on album covers that Phil, are Phil Campbell's trying to fi- he's trying to finish it all in one drag. <laughs> oh man, 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 dude, he is just he is oh, I I dude I I'm telling you, everyone thinks of overnight sensation as the only as like the one album that. Lemmy is clean shaven. Yep. I think right? it's the only it's, album, yeah. It is the only album where Lemmy is clean shaven. Everyone talks about the cover for that album, and I'm like, you're missing the best part. <laughs> Forget about <laughs> Lemmy's face and look at Phil going to t- – I mean, dude, dude, I'm saying – I'll put it he, this way. He's trying to suck that thing down, man. <laughs> this is all I'm saying. Guys, just listen to me for a second. Can we all be honest? If you knew a woman who could suck yours that hard, you'd marry her right on the spot. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, he is seriously. I, I, I don't. I don't even. I don't. Like, who, no one smokes like that. <laughs> no one smokes like that. Nobody does it. Look at the cover. And the worst part. The worst part was like, could you imagine? Wait, 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 wait for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wait, wait. A little harder. Second, second. Wait, wait, wait. There's the picture, dude. I'm serious. Like you can, Phil. We're gonna need uh, you to really just kind of go off on that cigarette. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. Come on, Phil. You can do better. Come on. Like, give it all you got. Give it all you got. Like, oh my God. You just, just do. Oh, it's. I bought it on vinyl just so I could have that, you know. <laughs> the album's great and all, but I really just wanted a an oversized copy of Phil Campbell proving to a cigarette 
He's showing it to his boss. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna make this cigarette my bitch. <laughs> he just goes for it. it. Come on, man. And you know, you see, you see, Lemmy's all serious. Mickey D's just kind of like, I think I'm here. Phil's like, no. <sighs> oh God, it's so funny. It is so funny. I mean, you got to figure. The album before it is Sacrifice. You know, where the dick tongue is like right up in your face. Because, you know, everybody knows if you look at the cover of Sacrifice, there's the giant phallic tongue pointing at you at the front. I think what their goal with this one was they were like, hey, uh, we don't have a phallic tongue. Phil, could you just... Could you just suck something really hard? Well, I've got a cigarette in my hand. I it's just it's so weird. It's so weird. It's just If I ever meet that guy, I want to ask him, does he really really smoke cigarettes that hard? And if so, could he like I, I feel as if he like needs to teach people. Like, does he walk into a bar and be like, "Look at that guy, smokes like a dork." You want to learn how to smoke? Smoke like me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, so weird. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off. I didn't mean to go back onto Phil. Phil and his um, smoking a smoking a cigarette like it owes him money. But smoking. man, man, it's just it's 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 funny. It's funny. What can I say? Um, hey, I will throw this out. I am aware that it is on um, Hidden Treasures. But Diadems by Megadeth is legitimately one of my favorite Megadeth songs from the 90s. Uh, it, uh, let me say this. It is certainly my... Uh, what do you call it? Like... Well, Hidden Treasures, right? That's what Hidden Treasures is. It was songs from soundtracks and things like that. Um, Diadems is maybe my, you know, if, if, if Megadeth has a song that's their little hidden gem or their, you know, one of those songs that maybe not everybody knows and maybe not everyone's ever heard, but it's just that one little track that's just kind of in there that I think is awesome. I mean, come on! Everybody knows, like, 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 "Angry Again" is was was on Hidden Treasures, but that's a big song for Megadeth. "Angry Again" is a big song for Megadeth. "99 Ways to Die" is a relatively big song for Megadeth. Diadems wasn't. Ways to die. Diadems wasn't. It's not a song that I. I mean, I'm not saying Megadeth has never played it. They probably have, uh, but like, I've never seen a video of Megadeth playing it. I've never really, I've never heard the song outside of, well, yes, it's on Hidden Treasures. Yes, I know. But outside of it being in the movie um, Demon Knight, the, the, the first Tales from the Crypt movie, I've never heard it anywhere else. It's not a song that I've ever heard played somewhere. It's not even a song I've ever talked to anybody about. I have mentioned it on this show, but it is not a song that I have ever heard anyone mention to me about that no one when talking about Megadeth no one has ever mentioned that song to me now I am not being Eddie Trunk that is not my point my point is I I know the song because of the cryptic 
or because of cryptic writings. No, because of the Demon Knight soundtrack. If I didn't have the Demon Knight soundtrack and I just had Hidden Treasures, I might not have noticed the song. Because again, you buy Hidden Treasures, maybe, and we can talk about this too, but you might have bought it for No More Mr. Nice Guy, the cover, right, from Shocker. But likely you probably bought it for Angry Again or 99 Ways to Die, maybe Go to Hell, plus there's the cover of Paranoid. Those were all some songs that got some attention. Diadems did not. But I will always maintain that the Demon Knight soundtrack, albeit not perfect, was really cool. I mean, I, I bought it. I, I mean, I bought it. It's clearly not an original um, pressing. I don't even know if there was one um, back in 95. 95 is a weird time for vinyl. But I do have, I do have it on vinyl, you know, the, the repress or whatever. And it is by no means a perfect soundtrack. Uh, Cemetery Gates is on it, but it's an edited, shorter version, whatever. Uh, it's got the worst Ministry song ever made. And that's saying something, because a lot of Ministry is crap. And Tonight We Murder is really crap. It's just boring and repetitive. Tonight We Met, it's, it's garbage. It's garbage is what it is. Uh, hey Man, Nice Shots on it, but it was on every soundtrack in the 90s. That's not a big deal. But the soundtrack actually does have some really, really, really cool songs. And, um, like, I'm not a big fan of the Melvins, but Instant Larry's awesome. Not a big fan of Rollins Band, but Fall Guy is a cool song. Uh, Sepultura's cover of Policia is cool. Biohazard has a song called Beaten. I'm not into Biohazard, but that's cool. Admittedly, there's a few bands on there, not really a big fan of, but they have cool tunes. But Diadems, to me, is the highlight of that whole record. And, again, I'm not being cool. I'm not being the, I know that song and you don't. I'm saying because it was on, that's why it's important to me, because it was on Demon Knight. And because I loved the movie Demon Knight so much, because I had this soundtrack uh, right about when it came out. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. I was 95. I had this when it came out because I had it before I got in high school. Um, I listened to that soundtrack a lot. So I was just really familiar with the song because of that soundtrack. And... It's one of those cool things where, and we've talked about this before, where in the bigger discussion of soundtracks in general, how a soundtrack can bring you to a song. It certainly brought me to that one. But what was interesting and the reason I like it is I had cryptic writings, but had I just had cryptic writings, or not cryptic writings, why do I keep saying that? Had I just had hidden treasures, I might never have really noticed this song so much. I noticed it because it's on Demon Knight. It, Demon Knight's a great movie, by the way. Uh, actually, Demon Knight is legitimately a pretty awesome horror movie. Bordello of Blood is just funny. Demon Knight is a cool-ass horror movie. If you have never seen Demon Knight, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. I would assume you'd agree. Oh, absolutely. And and like I said, I... <laughs> It's, the, I mean, it's Dick, entertaining, but it's also it's it's actually just it's a good movie. The you know? Dick Miller scene. I, you look like you could use a long, hard one. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously, seriously, it, it's an incredible movie. Would highly recommend it. And the soundtrack is flawed. It's not perfect, but there is some really cool stuff on it. You know, again, I don't like that they edited Cemetery Gates, but hell, Cemetery Gates is on it. And hey, dude. Filter, 
they suck beyond words. I know you like I know you like Short Bus. Their first album's good. After that, they oh, it, a, Hey Man, a funny, Nice Shot is a great song. Is what I was gonna say. Like funny, or just like filtered. That's a great song. A funny story about that is, um, I forget what post, but I was on Instagram. And by the way, uh, Richard Patrick is the main guy behind Filter. He was in Nine Inch Nails for a while. And I guess Trent Reznor said, you know, Trent Reznor actually gave him the best advice he ever gave him. And he was kind of complaining about how much he was making. And Trent Reznor said, well, then go start your own band. And he did. And Filter was actually pretty big for a while. Um, yeah, you know, he, they're, said, they're, he, said, he said, you go. He goes, I have the song. When you have the song, he, it wasn't about band. He said, I have the song. Because remember, this was early, so he would have had um, Trent Reznor at that point uh, would have had like had like a hole, and he was like, "When you have the song, you can do that," and he did. He, you know, "Hey Man, Night Shot" was huge. Oh, it was massive. And, but uh, actually, you know, he also did later I, take I, a I picture, will, which was big for them. Well, and, and, take a picture was was huge. Yes, um, "Hey Man, Night Shot" is what got him on the. But but what I was gonna say was, so I was on Instagram. And somebody posted something about Filter. I can't for the life of me remember how I got into it. And I, I just commented, you know, you see that stuff come up like, you know, what do you think of Filter or whatever? And I commented, love their first album. I think it's so awesome. After that, I just can't get into them. They kind of fell off the map for me. I wasn't into anything. Richard Patrick actually replied to me with the crying emoji. <laughs> I was just cracking up. I, and I, I actually replied back to him. I'm like, hey, man, you, you released one incredible album. That's more than 99% of the people on the planet can say. <laughs> um, but interesting factoid, Richard Patrick is the brother of Robert Patrick, who is the T-1000 <laughs> from Terminator. Which is awesome. Dude. But here's but, the thing, though, dude. It, you go, you put out, you put out short buzz. Which I dude, I remember when 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 you and I became friends, you were really into that record. I know you were because you yeah. were always really into industrial. Yeah, you you, it's it's one thing that listeners may again if you've been around for a while you do, but if you're new to the show you might not realize that Rex is a big you were a big fan of industrial stuff. You were for a while, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and well, I mean, there's still a lot of it you like, but. You you've always been a guy who likes when you like guitar riffs. You always gravitate to the guitar riffs. And one thing about industrial music was the only way industrial music works is if it has heavy guitars. It kind of has to for it to really be industrial and not just like synth music. Um, oh, for for a while, it lived and died by Nine Inch Nails. Like literally, yeah, Trent well, Reznor. And, and, Trent Reznor could release an album of him like on the crapper in the morning, and I would have listened to it. Well, he did. Well, I mean, he did that numerous times. It's called every record after the Downward Spiral. No, the Fragile uh, no, was a good what, album with teeth or whatever. I don't know whatever. With, with teeth was weak. Everything after with teeth, I, I stopped. Listening, I and when I say I stopped, like some people, like with Metallica, will be like, "Oh, I stopped listening to Metallica after the Black album or after Injustice," but they still listen to the new album. They still check it out. No, literally, I have not listened to anything Nine Inch Nails has released after With Teeth. Um, but up until the Fragile, I was all in on them. Like Trent Reznor was one oh, of my no. favorite well, musicians. What I was saying was, though, I mean, you were re when when we met, I, I and you still, I mean, it, it, this is. Oh, I still listen and I still listen to those old Nin albums like That's what I'm saying. a lot. Like, and and you were really into White Zombie, which I mean, I'm not saying you listen to White Zombie every day. Oh, I mean, but dude, Ministry, Skinny Puppy, 
Um, Nine Inch Nails, Filter. Like, I mean, I look, when I and say again, I was the into... The first Filter record was that way. Yeah, when I, when I say I was me, into industrial, me, anybody, I don't... I don't mean like I was, liked- oh, I'm, I I knew these like little tiny industrial, like, no, I was into the mainstream stuff. Like, I'm the equivalent of somebody who says like, yeah, I love metal. I like Metallica and I like Iron Maiden and I like, you know, like that's, you know, I'm not like the guy who's like, who went down these like little, I was like into the big band. So when I say I'm, I like industrial, I was a casual industrial. It was fan. also the type of metal. Remember, it was an era where you could only listen to what you could get your hands on. There, there were probably other industrial metal bands that you would have really liked, but you couldn't get your hands on them because there was like five industrial bands that were really big. Um, and I, I mention this because, first of all, Hey Man, Nice Shot, dude, it's an awesome song. It's catchy as hell. The guitars are heavy. Everything about that song is awesome. You know, in in 95 or ish 1994 or 5 when that song came out i think it was 95 whatever when nine because uh demon knight was 95 so i'm gonna guess it came out in 95 when when that song came out dude that was right on the that was right on the button of where heavy music in the 90s was that was getting mtv and airplay gotta figure if that song comes out you know you've got that's right around the time of Astro Creep. It was the right song at the right time. I mean, come on, dude. Let's be honest, right? If you were driving down the ra- road, I, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm going to guess here. If you were driving down the road and you're listening to the radio and Hey Man, Nice Shot comes on, dude, you're turning it up. Oh, I, I still like that song. I still, I, I will always like that song. I said, I don't like Filter. And I think everything after short bus is turd. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the guy. And I would tell him to his face. I agree with you entirely. Like, take a picture is just garbage. And I, I really, I, I mind you, I'm not they, putting down. They went more radio. I mean, it's that's what it all boils yeah, down it's, to. It's also bad. I, <laughs> they they, no, they again, went more, and to be honest with you, take a I picture. I think wasn't as didn't have as wide of a reach, but it, I think overall was a bigger song because "Hey Man, Probably. Nice Shot" was on a lot of soundtracks. It popped up in a lot of movies, but "Take a Picture" was actually a like top forty hit. I th- I don't know if it was Probably, actually top forty, I, but you know what I mean. Cares? It was a bigger song. But no, my, no, look, what, look, man, I can I I what can, I was I can just say I hate it, but that doesn't. Matter. I mean, I, I mean that's uh-huh. fine, you know, and, that, and I'm not trying to defend them because I don't like it either. But I mean, I told I li- I actually oh, literally to the fold did was big too. Uh, yeah, that well, but I think yeah, but I, the pick a picture is one I always think of. But I remember, I mean, like I actually did tell the guy yeah, I don't it, like it, anything it hit, after it hit, short no, bus. It, by the way, take a picture peaked at number twelve. I'm, I just looked it up because, um, and on the Billboard Hot 100. I mean, so clearly, like I was saying, like a, a, I, an industrial metal band is not going to hit the Billboard top. You know, top twelve. Nah, Nin speaking. might have I, at one point, but I mean, maybe like closer might have come close because like, that was a huge song even on MTV and stuff. But um, I was gonna say, but you know, the thing about it is, um, well, the thing about it is like By I the way, actually um, did. Hey man, nice I, shot. Peaked at number seventy six. Continue. I actually did tell the guy like I don't like anything after that album, and I own Short Bus on vinyl. Like they released it recently on vinyl, and I own it, and I listen to it, and I still like it. Um, it's 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 still a fun album to listen to. Is it a I masterpiece? Have heard it once. I've heard is it, it once. a masterpiece? Time, no. The only time I heard it was when you played it for me. 
Is it a masterpiece? No, but I mean, is it a fun album that I enjoy listening to? Yeah, as a matter of fact, if we weren't doing this show right now and we were having this conversation, I'd probably put it on. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that showed up on a couple soundtracks, and, and it, it's funny because it, it would actually be in films and it wouldn't show up on the soundtrack. Um, I know it was on Demon Knight. It was used in a lot of trailers, too. Like movie trailers, anytime when they just wanted to show a whole sequence of explosions or, you know, the action hero jumping through fire and gunfights, you'd just hear, hey, man, you know, like you'd hear that part of it. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, it, it, it was just one of those songs that was just widely used. Um, but again, I, I, you know, later on, they they went more radio, which, you know what? Look, I've said this a thousand times. I think you've said the same thing and you agree. Me as a 16-year-old kid was like, sell out. I can't believe they're trying to like get more popular and famous and they're not sticking true to the music. Me as an adult male with a home to pay for and, and I, I, bills, own a home. I own a home <laughs> with bills and a home to pay for and a car to pay for and gas to put in the car and everything else, I would say if, if you called me tomorrow and said this new music project you started up with, start playing stuff like green day and we will sign you tomorrow and give you a million dollars i'd say yes sir do you need me to dye my hair you know i mean seriously like that's you know i i i I, you know it's very easy to be you know to call people sellouts and everything when you're a 16 year old when you have no responsibilities or you know it's a different story when you literally are talking about your livelihood um so like again you know i can say i don't enjoy filter do I call them sellouts? Do I call them like fake? Do I? No, I don't care. I mean, the dude wanted to make a million dollars, and he probably did off that song. So good for him. You know what? That's he. He made more money off music than I ever have in my life. So who am I to criticize him? Can I make a? I'm gonna make a little. It's not too far removed from this. Um, I was looking up filter because uh, um, I was just looking at other songs. Um, because I look, look, I've literally only heard, heard Short Bus once. Uh, I was at your house. You played it for me. Like, we listened to the whole record. I'd never heard it. Um, I, I knew Hey Man, Nice Shot, but I'd never heard the record. Because, again, the Demon Eye soundtrack. And you're like, oh, well, you should listen to the record. Okay. Um, so I was looking up Filter, and there's actually another. This is not horror, but this is not so far removed that we can't mention this right now. Well, not that we, we can do whatever the hell we want, but. I, in the world of things I completely forgot about, Filter is also on Songs in the Key of X, the music from and inspired by the X-Files. Yeah, they're on that. So, and I just, what, what I mean is I just remember that CD being everywhere. Yeah. I don't know if it was just way overly promoted or... Maybe yeah. it was just all over the BMG music. I don't remember, but I just re- I don't own it. So I never owned it. And I have a reason I never owned it. So a couple things. I'll get back First, to that. Go ahead. No, go would you I didn't know you, you what you want to oh, say? Oh no, 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 no. I, there's a, the, the reason I don't own Songs in the Key of X. Um first of all, it's got a lot of different kinds of music on it. Um but you know, knowing that Danzig is on it and Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper is on it, uh, which is that's actually a pretty cool song. Um, the Meat Puppets are on it, who aren't metal, but they're a great band. Um, the reason I don't own it is I've never seen an episode of The X-Files. Yeah. Just saying. Literally, I mean, f- literally never have never seen one. 
I was alive at the time. Eh, I thought I the show looked dumb, show. and I never watched it. So anyway, uh, a friend of my a friend of mine literally like he would even say, "Don't call me, don't I talk to me," you know, and he would like that was his show, which is cool. But was I was going to say, show, I've never seen the, it. The X Files was one of the biggest shows on television at that time, and you know it's it's. But what I was going to say is, filter. If you want to connect this to like loosely kind of horror sci fi stuff. Filter was on songs in the key of X. They were on the Spawn soundtrack. They were on. Uh, they they did a song with one of one of the techno bands. I can't remember. They did Can't You Trip Like I Do. Um, you know every band on the Spawn soundtrack. So they had Metallica was teamed up with a, a techno band, and really and truthfully, the techno band didn't do anything. Was that on the Spawn to, soundtrack? The you said uh, it's on the Spawn soundtrack. Yeah, I remember they did for remember- the Bell Tolls, and it sounds like exactly the same. Yeah, I remember that soundtrack. Um, the filter song was good. I just remember that we would screw with my friend because his, his family was super religious. And there is a part in one of the songs that starts off Satan, 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 Satan. And we used to like turn the stereo up all the way and hit that. And he'd be like, turn it off, turn it off. (laughs) But, um, anyway, so, so, you know, but they were on that soundtrack. Crystal method. Yeah, the Crystal. I knew it was one of those bands. I couldn't remember. Corn had that song Brothers. kick out the PA. Yeah, they they had. Uh, there was a uh, like I said, from the Bell Tolls was on it. The kid, yeah, with the DJ filter Spooky. song was the, in my opinion, the standout on that soundtrack. Oh, it was Long Hard Road Out of Hell with Marilyn Manson yeah, was on with, that, and the Sneaker Pimps. Yeah, um, Stabbing Westwards, yeah, a long, torn parts on it. Yeah, yep, Stabbing. It, it, it was a cool soundtrack. It was an interesting experiment, but. And I actually like the movie, the 90s Spawn movie. And by the way, when I say Spawn, he yes, he's a superhero, but he's also a soldier from the pits of hell who comes back to Earth after being killed. It's a horror plot. <laughs> I mean, it's a horror plot. The animated, If he wasn't the wearing a cape, better, it would be a horror movie. The animated um, Spawn movie was awesome. but and, and actually, Todd McFarlane, who's the creator of Spawn, is working on a new Spawn movie, rumor has it. And he said flat out, he goes, I don't want to do this as a superhero movie. I want to do it as a horror movie, which very much interests me. But they were also on the, the and again, I'm going to connect this loosely to horror. They were also on the Crow City of Angels soundtrack. Uh, they did the song uh, Jurassic And uh, the, again, Crow City of Angels, yes, I know it's not a horror movie, but again... It's about a guy who is murdered and rises from the dead to avenge his death. It's about a dead guy who gets up and walks around and kills people. I mean, in the loosest terms, that is at least owes a little bit to horror. You know, whether well, you know, it's not necessarily a horror movie in the truest sense of the term. It's got the subtexts of one, or at least if you were to if you were to explain the plot to somebody, they'd ask you if it was a horror movie. Um well, so yeah, but you know they were on that with Jurassic All, which again is a great song. I, I actually really, really like that song. Um, so that I mean, trip like I do, Jurassic All. I've never heard the song on the sounds of the key, songs in the key of X. I've, I don't know if I've heard it. I don't think I have. And then you know, like short bus. So I mean, they did release some great stuff, and they were everywhere for a while. And then they exploded when they did take a picture, and and like you said, uh, welcome to the fold, and all that other stuff. And then they just dropped off the face of the earth. I don't know if they've. They're one of those bands where you could tell me they've released ten albums since like nineteen or since like the year two thousand, and I would have no freaking clue. Um, so I don't know, but you know, yeah, you're right, Filter. But you know, they were everywhere for a while. They were on a lot of soundtracks that you know could be connected to this whole horror theme we're doing tonight. Which, which, you um, know what? Actually, that reminds me too. Um, I just, I it just, you know, rabbit hole of one thing leads you to another. Reminded me of. Hold on, I'm going to see if we wrote it down. I don't think we did. Um, the Scream 3 soundtrack had 
Spiders by System of a Down, which uh. is not original to that soundtrack. It is on their first album. Yeah. But admittedly, it's one of the best songs that band ever did. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm not a System of a Down fan. Their first album is really good. Their second album is ridiculously good. Their first album is really good. Their second one just knocked it out of the damn park. Um, but there's also that version of Wait and Bleed, the Slipknot song, but it, I never noticed this until just now. It's a, the Terry Date mix of it. Um, I would be curious to listen to the two versions. Huh. Terry Date, very famous. Um, yeah. You know, Pantera. he Pantera albums um, and a whole bunch of others. Um, but I would be, I'd be, I, you should do it because I don't want to have to listen to that song ever. But I'm sorry, I don't like Slipknot. I might, uh, I might. Uh, oh, but might. check it out. I'd be curious. I'd be curious what you what you think. Um, so I, uh, uh, but I just re- I remember, I remember we were able to get spiders into radio rotation in the afternoon just because it was on that soundtrack. Uh, it's a, God, what a great song that is. Such a it would be and it's such a cool song for a horror movie too. Kind of wasted on Scream Three, but. Not that Scream is bad. It's Scream. It just it would have been a, it would a point being is it would have been a cool horror song in another horror movie anyway. It was just, it's a it's a very cool song, a very 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 cool song. Where S- System of a Down was always the best when they were somewhere between ridiculous and not like when they didn't go too far. Um, and we all know the rule of the rule of System of a Down. Is they were a lot better until their guitar player decided he should also sing. <laughs> then I was just like, "Oh, now you're lame." But anyway, besides the point. Well, for, for what did it for Sisma down for me was when they started releasing an album every like other week. Like they released yeah, they, they they released Toxicity and they released Steal This Album and they released Mesmerized and they and it, it just got ridiculous and I got they they really kind of they uh they oversaturated with me and I was like. None of these albums oh, sounds sure. incredibly different than the one that came before it, and I'm kind of sick of listening to the same thing over and over again. I will, I will say, um, Toxicity is, uh, it, it, it's, I mean, it's a Rick Rubin produced album. The, uh, the story, I mean, I, I did read that story about, um, about Chop Suey, about how, yeah. you know, the end of the song that Rick Rubin literally said to Surge. Go over there to my bookshelf, grab a book, open it up, open up to a random page, and read the first sentence you see, and that's where the "Father into your hand I commend my spirit." Like that's where that came from. Literally, just a random page out of a book. Those kinds of stories are pretty cool. Uh, we don't talk about System of a Down very often. Uh, neither one of us are necessarily big fans, but Toxicity is a brilliant album in every way. It's written well. It's performed well. It's it's just it's one of those it's one of those all time great metal albums. It just is, and I think anyone thinking otherwise uh, should give it a listen or give it an objective listen. I mean, maybe you're not into the band all that much. I'm hardly a fan, but it's a really good album. So is the first one. Uh, but Spiders, Spiders was one of the songs that really kind of got me into them. I'm when I say got me into them, I mean got me interested at all to listen to them. No, it's not sugar, but nothing is that cool. <laughs> I mean, sugar is like one of the coolest songs ever. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, there's a couple on here. I, there's a couple on here I really want to go. And yeah, even let's if do we it. Touch we've, on we've them got quickly. A, we've got a few minutes left before we gotta 
make like a tree so and get out the of first here. one i want to mention going back to megadeth real quick was the movie shocker which yep. is a west craven movie and it's literally about a guy who it, uses magical spells to get the power of to travel through television yeah. um but the song and, and no it's more also mr. a nice great guy. thing to do with three of your fingers but anyway continue yeah it's also uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Megadeth covered that, and it's got the best intro ever and the most accurate Dave Mustaine ever. No More Mr. Nice Guy. Me, nice guy. Yeah, right. I always love that. Uh, he does a great cover of No More Mr. Nice Guy. It was actually, they made, a, they made a video for it. I remember reading in one of the books that Dave Mustaine was so screwed up during the filming of that, like... I forget like the actual story, but like he had to literally have somebody like practically holding. I, I think this is a story I read. He had to have somebody like holding him up during the filming because he was just so jacked up on on junk. Um, the movie Shocker is really cool. Uh, it's one of those, in my opinion, it's one of those underrated horror movies where it's it's incredibly cheesy. Like if you're looking for an artistic masterpiece, um, but it's got Mitch Pileggi in it, which. Uh, he, you know, going back to X Files, he was on the X Files, but um, the the, you know, uh, he he plays the main villain in it, and I, I don't know, it's really cool. I think I like the movie; it's kind of cheesy. The other one I wanted to touch on, it's a big one, was if you want to talk about the world of horror in the modern day, you cannot do it without talking about Rob Zombie. Love him or hate him. Now, I'm not saying that. He is a great horror director or or even a competent horror director, in my opinion, but he's synonymous now. And and why do I say that? It, because literally, if you're a lazy Hollywood executive and you decide you want to make a horror movie, he's the first name that's going to come to your head. He's branded himself well enough that without any kind of measurable or at least large amounts of success... Because I feel like they, they think that he adds legitimacy to stuff, meaning, well, if we want to remake the monsters, we'll just say Rob Zombie's doing it, and then everybody will trust him to do it. And I, I haven't even seen it because I've heard it's just so god-awful. Um, but he was on, he you know, his song Living Dead Girl was in the Bride of Chucky soundtrack, and I wanted to bring up Chucky for one thing, because Duff is Chucky. I mean, except for the murder part. You know, if you were to remove the murder part for Chucky and just have the filthy language and the perversion, that's totally Duff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, we, we say, except for the murder part, because my lawyers say there are certain things I'm not allowed to mention as long as the court case is pending. Like, seriously, like, I, I'm sorry, that, that scene in the first movie, you stupid, you filthy, I'll teach it with me, is totally how you speak to customer service at any given place. <laughs> that's how I speak to just about any, that's how I speak to a server if my coffee gets cold. You know what I mean? Like, I'll teach it up with me. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously. it's 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 just. I mean, that's. And if you were trapped in a doll body and you were about to get it on, and she's like, "Do you have a rubber?" I could totally see you saying, "Babe, I'm all I'm rubber." All rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Little lines you just have to. You just have to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 Chucky. <laughs> like, seriously. I, I honestly, it, it's funny. Like I, you know, it's funny cause I always compare you to fictional characters and so far the most accurate ones I've found are <laughs> the, guy from, the guy from Friday the 13th part five. Well, he, that, that he has a couple of your traits, but the guys who are like spot on are Beetlejuice, <laughs> Chucky and like Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be like anybody. 
But like, you know, Beetlejuice with the, the stick lifting up the dress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the, 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 thing that makes, the thing that makes it you, though, is the what? <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. And the part where he's sitting in the he's sitting in the waiting room and he looks over and sees a leg and he starts rubbing his hand and he gets hit and he's like, hey, <laughs> well, I don't know what her problem is. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like Ch- Bride of Chucky is it's it's a movie, um, you know, Chucky is, theaters, you know, whatever. I did, too. I, I don't really know if we I don't know if we, I saw we it with we, you. We, or, we saw it together. Yeah. Oh, do we? Okay, yeah. I know there's like a there's those string of movies, but Chucky is one of those you know horror characters. I, I think there was actually a lot of metal on the Bride of Chucky soundtrack. I just can't think of it right now. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna Google that thing. Hold on, go for it. So, Bride of Chucky soundtrack had Rob Zombie. It had oh, it had Willie Nelson. That's crazy. Cold Chamber, Blondie, Col- Stabbing Westward, oh, you know Cold what, Chamber, had- Static X. Uh, Monster Magnet, White Zombie was on it. White Zombie and Rob Zombie, Judas Priest. Well, yeah, so Bruce Dickinson was on it. Slayer. I don't hey, remember Van Human Halen, Disease. Not really. I just well, but, so yeah, it was a pretty metal soundtrack, and it's funny because I don't ever think of this one as being one of the big metal soundtracks because of it came out kind of wow. in the mid to late nineties. So typo what? negative, Bruce Dickinson. Really, I don't remember those being on there. Wow. Okay. Well, that's cool. I love. I'm a big Monster Magnet fan. Well, Freddy versus Jason actually had a hell of a metal soundtrack. We were Electrocute by Typo Negative was on it. There was a, um, I want to say there was a Hate Breed. Like that, that was actually a pretty metal soundtrack too that I always forget about. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that was a pretty. It was an awesome soundtrack. But I always think of Living Dead Girl because Chucky's like. He's like, uh, uh, I forget. No, it's Thunderkiss sixty five, where he's like scanning the radio stations and hears dun 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 dun, dun and he's like, yeah. So like, you know, Chucky's not only from Hackensack, New Jersey. He's all he's not only a Jersey boy, but he's also into white zombies. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, I want. But but when it comes to Rob Zombie, like again, he he did the Halloween remakes. He did a bunch of his own stuff. House of a Thousand Corpses was basically. Texas Chainsaw Massacre light with a few good lines. Um, then he did, you know, three from hell. I thought was pretty crappy. Um, the, the devil's rejects. I actually thought was a decent film. And then I really, I haven't seen much of his stuff after that. Um, the monsters, just everybody hated it. And, but I think part of the reason why is because he keeps casting his wife and it's hilarious to hear him say, Sherry could get work on her own, but she chooses not to. So she's always just in my films. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, and I, I, my favorite thing out there and you sent you sent it to me and I, I'd seen it before, but I remember you sent it to me. It's Rob Zombie's Jaws, and they have the movie poster for Jaws, but they replace the shark with Sherry Moon Zombie. <laughs> Cause he would do that. I need to put I need to put her in this movie. What's funny is he killed her off on the first Halloween and he figured out how to bring her back as a ghost in the new one. It's just ridiculous. Well, I mean that uh I just don't care. He's just lazy. Like it's just lazy. It's Hollywood. You know. Oh, we need somebody to direct this horror movie. Who can who can give it cred? We need it to have because I can see the board meeting. We got this new horror movie to put out. Who should we have directing it? Yeah, it needs to have some street cred. Oh, let's get Rob Zombie. He's got a lot of street cred. <laughs> like it's I don't know. It's it's I don't know. 
I don't know. But well, I mean, yeah, like, I, Hollywood is notorious. I mean, it, it's just one of those things with Hollywood where how many times have you watched a movie based on something cool? And you see it, and you're like, how did Hollywood hire the only director who has clearly never even heard of this series? Absolutely. Like, they make I was a comic book just movie, like, conversation. How did, you, how did you hire the only person in the world who's never heard of Superman? Or what? I mean, whatever it is, right? It's, it's why, why did you hire that guy? Everybody, there, there's a billion directors who have seen Star Wars, or I don't care what it is, pick one. You know, but you, I mean, like, you, oh, oh, oh that's what you should do. You should, you should have the, you should have the next Friday the Thirteenth cast by someone who's never seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie and doesn't like horror movies, and so then they don't make, understand so, why the people who liked who love the movies won't go and see it. So they're so he's going to make it a romantic comedy. You know what I mean? Like, well, I uh, and the thing about it is, Hollywood. like, with Rob Zombie, the biggest bunch the of no it, talent ass clowns ever. The thing about it is with Rob Zombie too is. As soon as they, you know, because I look, I will say this: like, it's not the case with Rob Zombie. Because if you were to ask me, does Rob Zombie love the monsters? I would absolutely say, yeah, he well, probably dude, he's loves a fan. the monsters. He, he's absolutely a fan. He's, I he is absolutely fairness, a fan. But I just as, don't like the stuff he makes. But but as soon as as soon as I heard Rob Zombie's doing the monsters, I said I will lay a million dollars right now on the table that his wife is Lily Munster. As soon as it was cast, everybody started making fun of it. Like like that's the problem. Because he didn't, you cannot tell me for a half a second. There is not one actress in Hollywood or out of Hollywood who would not do a better job than her at Lily Munster. And when he does that crap, it completely and utterly just destroys any credibility he has. Because at that point, you know, he is not making this film because he loves the monsters. He's making this film because his wife wanted to work. <laughs> like, you know. Um. Anyways, but I, you know, I just wanted the chance to make fun of Rob Zombie because you know, I, I, I uh, you know, whatever. But um. Anyway, so yeah, you know, I don't. The the only other one I wanted to mention because it's Friday the Thirteenth. There's more on this list, but you know, we don't need to do an exhaustive. I, of course, we have to talk about Alice Cooper. He's back, the man behind the mask. We've talked about this song a ton of times, so I don't necessarily know if we need to go over it, over and over it, but. It is, well, it's not Friday the 13th anymore. It's actually Saturday the 14th, you know, where we are because it's 2 a.m. when we're recording this. But, you know, hey, it's still Friday the 13th in my heart. So, I don't know. Again, he's back, man behind the mask. It was it was the pre, we talked about how Constrictor was the pre, it was on Constrictor, which is why I mentioned Constrictor. It was the precursor album to Raise Your Fist and Yell, which really, the, the Raise Your Fist and Yell was the album that kicked off that era of Alice Cooper. It it took him out of the like Dada and Zipper Catches Skin and and all that. That's, their into, be- like, that's the best album he ever made, man. Yeah. Shut up about Dada. Yeah, it, it took him out of that era and and it gave him new life because he blew up in the '90s again. Like he was in Wayne's World. Uh, hey, stupid trash are both major albums. Even Raise Your Fist and Yell was a major album. Constrictor was kind of that stepping stone where it was him kind of figuring out where he needed to be. And then I feel like raise your fist and yell was he's like, all right, I think this is where we want to be. And then, of course, Trash came out and he's like, yep, we nailed it. Well, because he so, hired Kip Winger for raise your fist and yell. That's why. it's Well, awesome. and, and he had Rambo on guitar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, between. Ra- no, honestly, though, that's why and it's Pete so good. Friesen. 
and Pete Friesen. It was because Rambo and Kip Winger helped him make it awesome. And that, that's true. I mean, and his chest hair. And when Kip, you have Rambo in your band hair. and Kip Winger and his microphone. Dude, I Dude, heard someone I, bet- I, I heard someone the other day refer to it as a Kip Winger microphone and I about died. So I got a question for you. And you you know, you actually own Winger albums, I do not. Because um, I kick ass, yeah, go on. Well, uh, I'm not making fun of you for owning Winger albums. I'm I'm actually going to ask you a question, a legitimate question. Yeah. So if you look at the liner notes, and you know how they credit people like song by blah blah blah, mm-hmm. is it song by Kip Winger, Kip Winger's chest hair, and Kip Winger's microphone? <laughs> Does he have to credit them separately? Um. Well, yeah, but he also has to credit Kip Winger's <laughs> Kip Winger's tights and dance instructor and uh, splits <laughs> and splits. Yeah, they're all. Uh, the, the the dance instructor get you know gets paid royalties as well. They're they're all- <laughs> Kip Winger's chest hair gets a separate check. <laughs> he has to cash. I'd like to cash this check for myself, and then I'd like to cash this check for my chest hair. And yes, it does have its own driver's license, <laughs> as it should, as it should. Uh, <laughs> but and, I mean, there, I, do own, I do own Winger albums because, uh, all joking aside. They're stupid talented because, I mean, Reb Beach is just ridiculous. And if you want to, if you want to see who a real drummer is, go seriously. Yeah. Anyway, continue. No, I was just gonna say, look, I think I think that does it. I mean, we're at two and a half hours, and you know, I you know, there's more on this list that we could talk about, but I don't think there's any songs on here that we could real. Oh, there is one you wanted to talk about. Do you want to talk about that one? Nah. Yeah, we're good. I don't care. All right, I'm just just gonna I don't mention know what song it. Is I don't care. It's it's Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter is just one of those amazing songs. Bring your daughter, bring your daughter. Um Dude, that was that was actually in the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 soundtrack. So, um uh, you know, also like, which I like by the way, that movie. I like that movie a lot, by the way. Also, you know, more on Demon Knight. We mentioned Sepultura, you know, we mentioned the Demon Knight soundtrack. I think we mentioned Sepultura's Policia. Uh Slipknot's My Plague was in the Resident Evil movie. The most random one was Motley Crue's Shout of the Devil was in the movie Idle Hands, um, which is actually a super fun movie. Um, and then Vinnie Vincent Invasion was in Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Um, and then, you know, I mention all, this all the time. Metallica's Master of Puppets and the Four Horsemen were both in the movie, or not in the movie, in the show Stranger Things. Um, you know, Master of Puppets was a huge, huge, uh, it, got, it got a complete resurgence in popularity after that show. Um you know, it's really funny because we talked about before how soundtracks would introduce you to new bands and things like that. And it's almost like television shows, like big television shows do that now. Like Kate, and, and I know this isn't metal, but Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill was in, was in the first part of Stranger Things. And that song hadn't seen traction in years. And suddenly everyone was listening to that song. Um, Master of Puppets, you know, of course, Metalheads know, knew and loved it. But after it was in, you know, after Eddie play, after Eddie Munson played it in Stranger Things, every Tom, Dick, and Harry had it on their playlist or had it on, you know, downloaded on their Spotify or Apple Music, and it's just kind of crazy because you and I would talk about how soundtracks would, oh, I've never heard of that band before, I'm gonna go check out their albums, and it's just funny how not only the mix of putting songs like that in highly rated television shows, but also people not not having to go out and make that purchase, meaning. Oh, you know, can you imagine if if this if Stranger Things came out as a weekly television show on on network television, and somebody heard Master of Puppets, they'd be like, "Oh, that's a cool song." 
I don't really want to spend 12 bucks. I'm not really that into it, you know, on the, on the, on the CD or whatever. But now they're just like, oh, that's a cool song. I'm going to throw it on my plate. And they actually like it. And how many people, you know, how many kids who watch that younger guy, younger kids, younger, you know, guys and girls who heard that song, listen to Master of Puppets, listen to the album, listen to Ride the Lightning, listen to Kill Em All, you know, and it went so on. And then they were like, well, what else? Oh, this guy, Dave Mustaine, oh, Megadeth, I'm going to listen to that. And it's kind of neat how all, you know, that that could actually it's the same effect, but in a different way. And it's even easier now because you can take gambles on stuff a lot easier. You can hear master of puppets and say, I'm going to listen to that album and there's no investment. So, you know, again, streaming is a double-edged sword. Does it pay people? Does it pay people, you know, what they deserve? Probably not. I don't know the economics of it, but I know that you, you have to have like a billion streams to get a check for like a hundred bucks. Um, do, you know, but on the other hand, does it get more music in people's hands? Does it make it easier to discover and listen to and appreciate? I think absolutely. Um, and it's funny how now it's kind of gone from we're going to put this song on a soundtrack to we're going to put it in a TV show on Netflix, and now everybody's going to listen to it. Because I promise you, when the new se- uh, when the last uh, season of Stranger Things happens, whatever is the song for that season is going to blow up again. Probably. It'll work. I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, leave it up to, uh, of course, what they'll probably do is they'll probably hire for the next season of Stranger Things. They'll probably hire some director who has never listened to music before in their lives. So <laughs> I hate Hollywood. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Um, I, that's Yeah, that's probably all the ones I wanted to. I wanted to point out anyway. I mean, there's there's clearly there's more. Um, it was kind of fun, though, because there's a bunch of them that I forgot about. Soundtracks I forgot about entirely, too. Me, too. Now I uh, I for sure want, I want to go hear Diadems now by Megadeth because it's cool. Anyway, I mean, kind of a fun episode. We I know these are topics that we kind of hit on every year, though. It's Halloween. It's important. It's important to... To us, it's it, look. It, it's a fun holiday for people. As is, metal fans always particularly like Halloween, and we especially like it when Halloween and horror movies and metal all come together. It makes us all happy. So the more we can do that, the better. So anyway, uh, don't forget. Now that we're about to close this episode out, don't forget to find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Heavy Metal Hangover. And as we explained earlier, uh, sometimes it appears it takes a year for us to get the message because Instagram is stupid. I don't know. I don't know why it works that way uh, or why the messages don't always come to us. If they don't, you know what? Maybe this is easier. If you try to message us and we don't respond, go ahead and comment on one of our posts on Instagram or something. And the reason I say that is comments tend to we, we tend to get alerted to those way more so than messages. And I don't know why that is. I can't explain it. But if you try to get a hold of us and we don't respond, we probably didn't see it or Instagram or Facebook hid it from us. And I swear, as dumb as it sounds, that happens. It doesn't work the same way that a personal account does. It's dumb, but that's just the truth. So we do like hearing from you. In fact, um, I did get a listener pick sent to us the other day. And the only reason I hadn't done it yet is, like I said, I'd been in Chicago all week I traveling. 
for work, and I just didn't have a time to do much of anything. But I, I do have it saved, and I, and I want to listen to it. So I'll do that. Again, it's always fun. Get a hold of us. Let us know if there's anything you, you want us to listen to uh, or whatever you want to talk about the show. And, again, like we said earlier with, with the someone who told us, you know, they would appreciate it if we got to the topic a little faster. We actually do, and I mean it, take what you say to heart. And we, we're, always, we're always looking for any kind of feedback about the show that we can get. Even if, even if we're going to, at the end of the day, say we appreciate the feedback, we're not doing it that way, um, it's still it's always good to have it. So, yeah, go ahead. Get a hold of us. It's always fun. We're always looking forward to chatting with our listeners because, hey, man, that's why we do the show. We've said it from day one. We do the show because we like talking about it. It's an opportunity for the two of us to spend some time together, and it's also an opportunity for us to just reach out and talk to other people who like the same stuff that we do. You know, m- horror movies, metal, boobs, you know? the <laughs> Seriously, the, the, the fun stuff we like. We like to joke around. And, uh, again, if you're new to the show, just a couple little things I like to point out, and I point it out almost every episode. We don't take any sponsorships. We don't run any ads. We don't make any money off this show whatsoever. We don't, and we never will. We don't have a Patreon. We're not asking you for your money. Mainly, it's just because the two of us have jobs, and we don't want this show to be a job. So we do the show entirely for fun. So anything you hear, we're not sponsored to say it. We don't really answer to anybody. We're just here for us, and we're just here for listeners. And it's important to me that I say that. A lot of people, again, I just had this conversation a couple of days ago with some people. It is very hard for people to understand why we don't monetize this show. Number one, it's not like YouTube where it just throws ads up in front of it. We would actually have to take sponsorships, read ads. put. The, we'd actually have to put a ton of effort into it. It's way more than doing YouTube and just clicking a button that says let YouTube monetize this. It would be a lot of work on our part. That isn't worth it. And not to mention, it's just we don't want to have to do that. We want to just keep the show fun. That's important that you know that because that's just that's just how that show is. It, it's a little different than a lot of shows. I, I'm saying I see people who have podcasts with one episode and three downloads, and they're monetizing. Congratulations to them, and I hope it works out. That's just not us. Otherwise, get a hold of us. We love talking to you. But it is time that we go. I want to drink a beer. I want to go listen to Diadems by Megadeth, and then uh, I'm probably going to throw on a horror movie because I I feel like because of the last week that I was traveling, I didn't watch any, and that sucks. So I have horror movies to catch up on. Yeah, there's a new Friday the 13th fan film that's really, really cool that just came out. It's uh, <clears throat> Again, since it's Friday the 13th and I'm a huge fan, the Womp Stomp Films did this film years ago, like four or five years ago, called Never Hike Alone. It was the the best Friday the 13th film I've seen in almost forever. And this is the sequel to it. And it brought back Tommy Jarvis. And it's basically Tommy Jarvis versus Jason. That Tommy Jarvis was the guy that put him in the lake or defeated him in part six. And he was always known as his arch nemesis because he was in three of the movies. So this is kind of, and they actually got the same actor back too. So this is, I, I'm really excited. It actually just came out a few hours ago. They premiered it on YouTube. It's completely free to watch. So is, is the is the the 2017 one on? Yep, it's all on YouTube. YouTube. They're they're fan films, so they're not allowed to sell them. So they're both on yeah. YouTube. It's actually cool. a really really good movie. Uh, I'll have to watch it. I'd, yeah, I'd never hike alone. There's never hike alone in the snow, and then there's this one, never hike alone part two. 
They're really, really well done. They're by fa- like you were talking about fans. They're by people who actually love the movies, not by some guy in a boardroom who thinks who who wants to make a movie that's hip to kids, and even though he has no clue what that means. Yeah, who wants to, who wants to take his new artistic? He he really. I'm really thinking about making this a silent French movie. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Which like, why does it matter if it's French, if it's whatever? Uh, yeah, for sure. No, but I need anyway. to watch that. I, I need to watch it. I'd heard about him and forgot entirely, so I'll check that out. Anyway, uh, we want to thank you very much for listening. Uh, we should be here next week. Again, apologize for the couple of episodes we missed recently, but things have been kind of busy for me. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they're about to chill out and settle down, and we can continue doing this show every week without any interruptions, but you never know. So thank you very much for listening. It's time to get out of here. My name is Doug. My name is Rex, I think. And we'll see. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. With your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Doug. <laughs>